Welcome in, everyone, to the first episode of the second season here of Hawkeyes and Tall Boys. My name is Rob. I'm Dylan. And I'm Bo. Here we go, boys. Here we go. All right. Hey, here's to you. Here's to you, fellas. Let's go. Let's go, Hawks. Go, Hawks. All right, let me turn this uh, intro music down here. Let me tell you what, boys. I miss that beer. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. That, was, that was a good drink of Bush Light Tall Boy Edition. That, that was, and I just got to point out too, guys. So now, viewers, I know obviously we're live right now, and so for one, we've never done this, so take it a little bit easy on us for one. Uh, but two, look at our fancy new equipment we got yeah. here. Yep, we're rocking some some microphones that we picked out um, from Rockville. Was so it from Rockville, yeah, I guess shout out. To them and uh so we got hopefully better sound quality for you other than just using a phone to record <laughs> believe it or not guys that's what we did we used to pass around a phone and uh hilarious and we recorded thanks to the anchor app so yeah that's thank true you anchor. and uh kind of cool thing that they want to sponsor us so we get to read off uh an ad for the first time um which will be fun which we'll do that which will be able to do. Yep, no worries. So, um, so yeah, we're we're all super excited. Um, so sorry if you were uh, looking at some live us going live uh, just a few minutes ago. We were just testing it out. We just want to see how how it looks and uh, how we looked and how we sounded, just to make sure we got everything worked out and all the kinks worked out, so that way we can get this show off and running. Um, so, as uh, you probably saw from our social media, we were posting um, about what we. Well, obviously the countdown to the season, which we're all really excited about. And uh, then we also were um, countdown basically uh, everything that was going on in camp and this previewing this episode a little bit, how we're going to get to a lot of questions that were submitted by um, fans and that we, we can get to and some questions that are looming, you know, for this particular uh, uh, season. And um, and yeah, I think we'll get into some predictions as well. So. Did I miss anything? That's everything we were doing, right? I think so. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about spot on. Um, one cool thing we did, so we all reached out to, you know, friends, family, et cetera, you know, just trying to get some questions to go off of, you know, what is it that you guys want to know about the Hawkeyes this year? And if you guys are okay with that, I think we can just jump right into it. Yeah. yeah. So, one thing to add before you jump yeah, in here ahead. too, we are live here on Facebook. So if you guys have any live questions or anything, we have a feed going too. So we'll ask our questions, but also if you guys want to ask other questions, please feel free to do so. Sweet. Kicks off. Man. Absolutely. So so our first one actually comes from an old college buddy of mine, uh, Mr. Nathan Mott, currently studying. Well, I don't need to tell you guys his whole life story, but <laughs> farm student down in Iowa. So Hawkeye <laughs> through and through and. He wants to know, he says, Hawkeyes and tall boys, who's this year's stud tight end? Um, obviously, viewers, most of you are going to know that, you know, we grad, not graduated, but lost two NFL caliber tight, tight ends to the draft last year in TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant uh, yep. with Detroit Lions and Denver Broncos. So, I mean, I can kick it off you first, Bo. Who do you think? Yeah, I think this is going to be pretty easy, and hopefully we don't all agree with this, but I think Nate Waiting is going to be our number one guy. I think Kirk Ferentz, I've seen him. He's talked to a lot of uh, media and has said a lot of good things about Nate Waiting. He's he's a fifth-year senior. He's had the injury bug all five years, but he says this is the best that he's ever been. He's coming back. He's strong, and he said that he reminded him a lot of Henry Craig or Coble, who was another good Iowa tight end that played in the NFL for a few years. So, I think my favorite this year is going to go to him. 
Bill, gotcha. What are you thinking, Rob? Um, so yeah, uh, I know that we we always agree, but I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and go with Nate as well. Um, I think that he's gonna be. If you listen to Kirk Ferentz talk about um, his preview for the season, especially coming off of uh, the the bus that came through recently, he mentioned uh, that's obviously one of the glaring openings that um, you know I think that you could view as a uh, I don't know what I want to say like a weakness for this team. We lost like two of the best tight ends, and obviously no school has ever had two tight ends go in the first round. Uh, tight end university, baby. Um, and so it's kind of next man up mentality, uh, mentality there and, uh, or mentality. What am I trying to say? Mentality. Mentality. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> honestly, Kurt is 60 now guy or Kirk is 60. So Same it's a, Kurt. it's a mentality. <laughs> Hell yeah. 21. He's a, a grown ass man. Y'all. Nuts. And you know, you just brought it up too, Rob, but that whole Big Ten bus tour thing. Did you get so you guys both watched the whole thing, right? Yep. Yeah. Like I don't know if I could say this, but how fucking vanilla was that? That was horrible. I know. It's see everything that they said were just like, uh, oh, it's you know, attitude and effort, only things that you can uh control. Yeah. You and know? I was just like, Okay, yeah, we get it, but give us some bits, give us some nuggets to which, talk about. Which, and I get, you know, these players are coached from day one, right out of the Kirk Ferentz school guide to the media. Yep. So and you know, they would all, without a doubt, pass with flying colors. I know I watched Nebraska's the other night, and they had a guy guarantee a Big Ten West championship. Not the not the type of kid you're going to get coming through Iowa State. <laughs> I think it's all safe to say. So. Oh, I, I just wanted to comment on that. I, I did not like that whatsoever. And, you know, family friends watching that don't like the F word, I apologize. Um, well. You know, like like we said before, it's – don't really hold anything back. So. We're, we're explicit for a reason. I mean, we're drinking <laughs> right. beers. We're probably going to be cussing. Um, oh. Anyways, to get back to the question, Nate Weeding is who I'd go with. Okay. Um, obviously, Sean Beyer uh, is, is right there behind him. And then um, I don't know who's behind those guys, if there's any young. Drew Cook. So, yep, Drew Cook. Drew Cook would be your third string tight end. Gotcha. At the moment. Now, we're going to get another depth chart released Friday to – you know, kind of see how things have been going in camp, and that'll be the official preseason depth chart, if you will. Um, so, but yeah, right now it sounds like he's kind of a distant third, anyways. So, so I'm going to go ahead and disagree with both of you. Okay. Um, I think I think Sean Byer is going to be the standout, and here's what I'm thinking. And you guys remember, might remember the year where we had Hen- Henry Krieger Koble, and there was another guy. I want to say it was the early years of George Kittle. 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 Right? Yep. So we had them two as a young pilot. George Kittle. You remember that? What an animal, George! If you're listening, wow. Big ups. Hey, if you're listening, George, I, I chugged a beer with you at Club Seventy Six two <laughs> two summers ago, yeah, dude, red, and I have never red, white, and bluegrass. Yes, that was a riot, and I've never forgotten it, and I never will. And he probably is just Shout another Club another beer chugged in his life. <laughs> he had no idea who I was, but that's who I was, George. If you're listening, but that, that's how I. Sorry, that, no, you're fine. That's how I see this year going. Is I think you know I think Nate Weeding's going to be your typical you know solid blocking Iowa tight end. I think he's going to catch some passes over the middle. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I, I think the stud to look out for this year is going to be Sean Byer. Uh, another one kind of hit the injury bug a little bit late last year, but he's back and ready to rock. So, solid. Yeah, good mm-hmm. pick. Cool. Good pick. Oh, and kind of going off that as well, I didn't want to throw out there is Kirk Ferentz and some of the media discussions has led to, not led us to believe, but, you know, we could see a couple new freshman tight ends as well coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got, you know, jo- Joseph Meeman. Josiah. Josiah Meeman yep. and Sam Laporta. So, and Sam Laporta, I want to say, is an Illinois guy. Yeah, he is an Illinois guy. Um, like well, 6'4", 250. Yep, yep, good call. And so last year, 
you know, we talked a lot about that brand new rule of the the four games yep. before you officially have to redshirt, right? So, you know, look look for these guys to get in early in the season and, you know, use that up and hopefully be able to maintain the shirts as well. Cool. Perfect. So, um, so yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm right. excited to see how the Titans play this year. Right. Yeah, thanks for the question, Nate. I, that was a good one. That was a good one to start. Uh, another one comes from Buddy Seth from North Liberty, Iowa, former workmate of mine. Uh, Seth, hope you're watching. So, uh, so he says, hey, guys, betting is legal now. How do us fans bet on Iowa week one? And then, so for those of you that don't know, I know Bo told me on the way over here that, you know, he's not the most gambling-friendly guy. Well, hey, I'm frankly Classic. kind of a degenerate. So <laughs> let's go. Betting's legal in Iowa. I'm pumped. Sports betting, that is. So, okay, let me first off, why, before you ask, you going to Des Moines, you're going to go down to Riverside Casino? No, Riverside. Okay. All right, fair yeah, enough. I can drive two hours. Hey, man. It's outrageous. Never know. No, no, but pretty much they got horses down there. Well, and you know, so how how they're actually doing it now too is you can you can go to all the casinos you want and get signed up with them, and then how they're doing it is they're all building these apps so that we can build up these apps and say, and essentially make those bets online. Okay, I was just gonna ask because yeah. I know that uh, it's legal, but I didn't know how to do it. If you could do it online, if that was yep. a thing. So you got to go to the casino initially to sign up, prove you're 21, all that fun jargon. Sign up for their club rewards, memberships, and all that. But then you can kind of go from there. So, okay. And then from there, you download the app, and then you can make bets online. You just collect and then deposit money there at the casino. So gotcha. Um, Good to know. So as far as betting goes, typically when you're gonna bet a college football game, you're gonna have so a line. So a line might be, you know, minus 3.5, let's say. So Iowa is favored by 3.5 points over blank. So you can essentially bet either way. You can bet, you know, against that team or for that team. And so say we bet on that team, Iowa would have to win by four points for you to win that bet. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if Iowa yeah. wins by three, you lose. When wins by two, loses, etc. cetera. Okay. So they kind of go that way about it. And then you can also bet on the money lines, just straight up. I was going to win. I was going to lose. And then you can bet the over-under. You can do prop bets, a bunch of different stuff, too. So cool. I just looked it up to see what the odds were for the first uh, game on the schedule against Ooh, Miami. I got it, too. Nice. Oh, you got it? No, no. Go, go ahead. I want well, I don't know if there, this there, is what a, you got. There's a bunch of different ones. So Yeah, okay. So this one's saying uh, it's got Iowa minus 21.5 yep. is the line. Yep. And so essentially what that means, degenerates out there, is Iowa's got to win the game by 22 points for you to win your bet. And so Seth, Seth also pointed out to me, he said, you know, in the last nine seasons, Ference is 3-6 and six against the spread in week one. Really? So the last nine years. So, I mean, we all know Iowa's a low-scoring team, you know, Ference, I doubt, I highly doubt he's spending his nights at Riverside, but if he is, he isn't betting college sports. So, <laughs> um, I mean, so he, he doesn't give a shit about that, frankly. Yep. So what we need to look at here is, to me, this just feels like one of those games that's going to be a 31-10, to 10, typical first game of the season for Kirk Ference. You know, he's not going to run up the score on him. You know, he's going to get the, guy, the younger guys some playing time. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, it's cla- I think. Sorry, Rob, to cut you off. I think go it's classic, it. classic Kirk Ferentz too. And think about it too. Kirk's not going to want to go blow out a mid-level team your first week. Yeah, you want to go see improvements. You want to see your first-team offense and first-team defense hit some people. Yeah. You know, but there's. I, I agree. Hate to agree with you, but it's going to be a thirty to ten. Maybe if they crack thirty-five, maybe I, I don't know. But mm-hmm. I mean, look at Wyoming a couple years ago. We go in and, and 
I don't even know what the score was. Definitely low scoring, like 23 to 10, something like that. Right. You know, we, we don't play well week one, but we're not going to blow anybody out week one. So I, mm-hmm. I have to agree with, with that, Deb. Yeah, it's kind of getting the kinks out. Um, we'll get to this when we get to predictions, but I, I put this game 24-3, um, which is 21 points. So mm-hmm. kind of right where uh, right where we need to be then. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I could see maybe our defense hopefully not giving up a – Big play, but if something happened and they scored, I I can see that easily. Now, you know, now Brian Ferentz, we know you're listening to this podcast because that's what you want to do on a Wednesday night. We get it. You're skipping practice. <laughs> you're listening to Hawkeyes and Tall Boys. Blow them out. Let's go. Give Please. the fans something to see. It's going to be Let's a night go. game. We're going to be there. We're going to be drunk. We're going to be having a great time. We want to see a blowout. <laughs> Let's go. Well, we heard Chris, uh, Tristan, were oh, dude. What is going on with me today? <laughs> I'm getting it's everybody's wild, first. I, I'm a little nervous. Need I'm a little, little shaky. Of, need a, a, a little beer? bit more of your beer. Oh, I got beer. a beer. Yeah, I'm yeah. chugging my beer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got a um, little first episode jitters. But no, it, remember if you watched uh, a little bit about like the, what do they call it? The, uh, on the road bus or whatever. The, yeah, you know, yeah. the Big bus. Ten Network bus. Or whatever. Um, they, if you, one of the few things that, uh, of piece of information, Tristan Wurst was talking about like, what do you, you guys look forward to? You know, with, he was sitting there with Nate Stanley and he said, don't want to get their run game going a lot better than they did last year, which everybody knows our run game was dog shit last year. Yeah, horrible. Um, yep. And so, and it's good to hear that from the, from the leader of the O line. But um, I mean, if we can get that run game going, hopefully just um, we can just steamroll Miami of Ohio and not have to show our hand too much in the past game. Yep. But one of the things that I'm super looking forward to, I don't know if any of the questions are going to get there, but one thing I am looking forward to this year is seeing what our receiver well, what, what our receiving core looks like as far as personnel-wise goes, but, like, a little bit more Brian Ferentz and what he brings to, like, more of, like, I would imagine a spread offense. It's, it's not like we're going to be going double tight and running routes like we did last year yeah, with yeah. our with Fanton Hawkinson. So um, I'm really interested to see what that looks like. Yeah, and, and I think we're going to see a lot more trips this year, you know, three wide receiver sets, just because we don't have that dual threat that's, you know, NFL caliber. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Nope. Nothing? Nope. You stole it from me, bro. No, no, my bad. Thanks. <laughs> you good? Uh, cool. No, but that brings up another question from old Seth from North Liberty as well. Uh, so, first of all, he put in a little bit more profane terms. So, oh, I'll dumb it down a little bit. But more or less, he was wondering how Colton Rastetter is still on a scholarship here at Iowa. For those of you that don't know, that's our punter. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, yeah, he is. You know, are we happy about it? Is it is what it is. I don't really know what we can do about it, um, but I can know. I can tell you the coaching staff stepped up here this off season and uh, you know got up back on the recruiting trail and actually got Michael Sleep Dalton in a grad transfer from Arizona State University. So yeah, um, and he's also Australian born, so he's an Aussie. He went to Arizona State. I want to have a beer with this guy first and foremost. <laughs> Give a shit less how far he <laughs> kicks a football. He'd be a fun guy to have a beer with. Some, My God, might. Something kind of cool about that, too. Oh, I just take the kangaroo to the Kinnick, <laughs> yeah. That's probably who he was uh, practicing with. Yeah. Kangaroo's out in the outback. Right. <laughs> so, at the kids' day, at the kids' day, when they had the open scrimmage, they had, I think it was a punt from the 47-yard line down at the one-yard line. So, Sleep mm-hmm. Dalton is going to be our number one guy. I have a great feeling about this. Rastatter, is he – he's not hurt. Is, is it Gersande that's hurt? Yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. Ryan Gersand or Gersand. I think I think, think Rastatter's yeah. going to be sitting on the sidelines with a cowboy hat, and I don't think he's going to see one bit of time until – listen to me here. The only reason he's still on this on this roster is for almost throwing that touchdown pass against Ohio State to Tyler Kluver. 
the uh, the holder. You guys remember where, that? Where Kluber tripped? Yeah, where oh, he yeah. tripped on the three yard line. Yeah, turf toe. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think we'll only see him in trickeration in trickeration mode. Sleep Dalton's going to be our starting punter. See, I love that trickeration. See, I, I can see what you're saying. Trickery. But, I mean, if you throw him in there just in trick situations, everybody's going to know what's going on. Yeah. Like, yeah. This, but this, this dude hasn't been in here. All season, you know what I mean. So then, like, when, when do you play him? Do you play him when you want to kick a rugby style? So that, what? That, that's what I was just gonna kind of bring up. Is you guys remember a few years back where, God, was it Rastetter? It might have been Rastetter's freshman year, but whoever our punter was was kind of struggling, and they had Marshall Kane who had the booming leg, wasn't yeah. necessarily a punter, but they had him come in and kind of do that rugby style long punt. And then the other punter came in for the short punts. I want to say that was Rastetter, but maybe it was somebody else. Dylan maybe Kidd. Crazy. Was it him or Dylan, Dylan Kidd? Dylan Kidd, thank you. Yeah, yep, it Dylan was Dylan Kidd. Kidd, you're right. Yeah. So, Because I, I think I remember a couple couple games, they're like, looks like C.J. Beathard's still on the field. No, it's Dylan Kidd. Right. Yep, so. <laughs> yep, spot on, both number 16. So, <laughs> no, so that, that's my thing. So, yeah, Rastetter, he's just not good. Um, he, he's not going to get it done, I don't think. So, I think I'm with you. Sleep Dalton's going to take over the number one spot. But I do think we take – Colton Rastetter in those short punt situations. So, cool. you know, fifth, you know, like that 40 to, you know, our own 40 range. I think he comes in there because I, I <laughs> doubt we have the kicking power to be making 57-yard field goals. What do we get here? Hey, so, yeah, I got to shout out Brandon Leonard. Appreciate the comment. He says Rastetter couldn't start for North Mahaskill, which is a Class A football <laughs> team. So, shout out B. Lenny. Appreciate it, buddy. That's hilarious. <laughs> He's not wrong. Well, they got listed on the, the most recent death chart uh, under special teams. They got Colton Rassiter on the kickoff, which is fine. But then um, they also got him as holder. Okay. I'll take that. So uh, yep. I don't know how his hands are, but I, I trust Kirk Ferentz. Yeah, so I, his... I don't doubt there's a place for him on the team. but yep. Won't be your start. But he's got – Absolutely not. He's uh, behind, uh, yeah, Michael Sleep Dalton and, and the punter. So we'll see what he looks like this Friday or what their death chart is. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more excited about Michael Sleep Dalton. And, honestly, from everything that I've heard from camp, only just from listening to other, like, Hawkeye Report podcasts and things like that, like, mm-hmm. that they're mentioning, like, oh, yeah, Michael Sleep Dalton, like, 50-yard punt, took a nice roll, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, right. good stuff. Good stuff all around. De- definitely good stuff. So, next question comes from the new Von Costello um, out of Anamosa, Iowa. And so he was curious on Twitter the other day, you know, what in the hell is going on with Oliver Martin? And I think we're all wondering that. Yeah. So, yep. So I can tell you everything that I know is right now. So basically there's a rule in the NCAA where, you know, as soon as you decide to transfer a school, if it's D1 to D1, you automatically have to sit out a year. Well, the NCAA, being the smart people they are, decided (laughs) to make this thing called the transfer portal. And so essentially when a recruit – or when a player has interest in transferring, you know, they make the request and enter this transfer portal and essentially they can get start getting recruited again and going through the recruiting process while still being in school. And so essentially what he did, so he put his name in the transfer portal, you know, obviously enrolled at Iowa and did all of that, but the NCAA has yet to make a decision on it. And so right now, currently in the transfer portal, there's 1,000, 61 student athletes Mm -hmm. of those 1061 student athletes only 338 decisions have been made so that's 32 percent yikes and we have 10 days until the football season oh not even not even there because they have the first game this weekend right yeah oh that's right yeah this is the first yeah 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 is that the deadline no i don't think i don't don't think so i guess could we be in the middle i'm I'm just my curious i'm just thinking like 
it could we be in the middle of the season and all of a sudden be like, and now we have Oliver See, that, Martin back? That would be crazy because then they take a year of eligibility away from him if he ends up playing, right? And, right. They, and then he would only have just like played eight games. games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, Which, that's yeah, and that would be. An, I feel like that would be a violation against the NCAA. Yeah, it's asinine. Yeah, they're, they're sitting here saying they're doing the best thing for the student athlete. Absolutely not. These decisions should have been made a long time ago. Now you can make the counter argument there, though, that well, Oliver Martin didn't, you know, file his paperwork until late or file his appeal until late. Yeah, but still, you have thirty-two percent of these requests answered. Now, if it's one way or the other, if you say he can't play, fuck, that's fine. Just everybody wants to know something. Can you imagine this poor kid going out busting his ass every day on the football field and you know not even knowing if it's gonna pay off for him this year? So, just seems asinine to me. But a little further stat there, so that might make Hawk fans feel a little bit better. So, of those 338 decisions that have been made, 285 have been deemed immediately eligible, while as you know, 53 have to sit out that year. So, I I don't think the NCAA has clear cut rules that say yay or nay because you know if we were going by hardship you know it, if he wanted to bullshit and say he had something like homesickness you know i think that would be more than fine going from ann arbor to iowa city obviously he's from iowa city so say something like that you know be closer to family i i don't know i mean what do you guys think yeah i'll take this one because this this gets me pretty heated up on it but so just to go back to that Big Ten Media Day, we had a we had a guy that I think it was a tight end that transferred from Georgia to Illinois because his grandfather it wasn't doing very good, right? He moved back to the state of Illinois because of his grandfather, ailing grandfather, and they decided not to let him play. It's like, dude, his grandpa could be dead in you know within the next year, and he goes to transfer, does the right thing to go back and be close to family. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to grant him that, but you you grant Jalen Hurts. You know, a, a guy, a big name guy, or even Ohio State's quarterback. Mm-hmm. Grant him, uh, you know, start oh, right away. Tate, Tate Martell, or even Tate yeah. Martell, or who's the other guy? Justin Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields. Yeah. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, you know, and they grant it right away. I think that's asinine to me. One thing too, I want to bring it's all up about, about the money. I yeah. feel like it's about like how big of a name they are and Absolutely. how well known they are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And one thing too, I really like about Jim Harbaugh. And let me know your guys' thoughts on Stop this too. Stop it. He Kids did say <laughs> he did say at Big Ten Media Day that everyone. He thinks that the transfer portal, that everyone should get one chance. One chance to transfer. After that, you sit out a year. So you get a free pass. It's like a hall pass. So you get one free pass. Just say, in Oliver Martin's case, he goes to Michigan, gets homesick, wants to go to Iowa, eligible immediately. But he wants to go back. Just say he wants to go back to Michigan, then he has to sit out a year for transferring back. Does that make sense? I love that idea. You know, I haven't heard that. I didn't hear that Jim said that, but I, I think that's a great idea. I agree. I think so too. Because these kids are young. Like you think about like if you're a freshman, sophomore in co- in college. Like what are you? You you may you may be 21. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like freshman, th- sophomore in college is 18, 19. Think about like think about your guys' decision to go to Iowa and then Illinois State. Right. Shit. I mean, just say we're playing. Think think of going to Iowa and then hey man, I'm not going to play. I'm going to transfer somewhere else. I mean, you're naive, you're a naive 17, 18 year old high school graduate. Yep. You know. Yeah. Trying to decide what your future is going to be, you, you know. I think I think it's asinine not not giving somebody, you know, permission to go after one year. That's See, my thought. I'm I'm going to go ahead and disagree on this one. So I think, you know, nowadays it doesn't seem like a commitment means jack shit anymore. You know, you see it all the time, recruits decommitting three, four times, kind of holding out for that better offer. You know, we just had it the other day with Aaron Witt, 
So he originally committed to Minnesota and then committed to Iowa. And then now he's committed to Wisconsin. So, I mean, he, he's still got, you know, a full year left to commit to the rest of the teams in the Big Ten West, no doubt. But, <laughs> I mean, like, so, I mean, the way I think about it is, you know, I, I think there should be, you know, maybe a little bit more forefront, for, forethought. Is that a word? I don't even know. Yeah. More, more forethought in the process. And, you know, if you go there, I think, you know, maybe not necessarily stick it out, you know, the full four, four years. I get it. Mistakes happen. But. I, sh- I don't think that we should be all transferring willy-nilly. So, okay, that is what it is. And also, Jim Harbaugh's a douche. So <laughs> I we'll can move, agree with we'll you. move on that. at that point. So, awesome. True. <laughs> well, I, w- I will say this. Um, it would be excellent, and obviously everyone would, would agree with me, that having Albert Martin eligible for this year, for Nate Stanley's senior year, mm-hmm. like he's almost kind of exactly what we need. Right. So, uh, in order to not jinx it, I'm really trying to just not think about it too much and just mm-hmm. hopefully it just comes through. Um, but I know Kirk Ferentz in the past hasn't had a lot of success with the transfer portal and things like that. And, and there's he even mentioned like with this new rule coming out about the four games that you can play as a red shirt, um, that Nate Stanley would be a junior this year, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about. Right. Um, one more year with Stanley would be excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless um, – it's no secret this year we're going to be going three wide more than we did last year and like having him, you know, wherever he may be. But right now on the depth chart, if when we go three wide, we have a couple of freshmen in the slot, which I'm excited to see how they Dude, look. And our wide receivers this year are good, are good. Everybody's freaking out about the fact that we're losing tight end production. Nobody's talking about Brandon Smith going into his junior year, yep. getting bigger, better, faster, stronger. Nobody's talking about Amir Smith, Marsek getting – BFS, <laughs> nice. Uh, Amir Smith getting bigger, better, faster, stronger, which I think opens up. You know, you can almost do like a reverse thing because the typical Iowa way has been, you know, run to open up the pass, that typical play action. Well, what we can do is go back and start, you know, use the pass to open up the run. Yeah, we do that with that three-headed monster we got coming back and running back and. I think it's going to be phenomenal. We might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but that's okay. Hey. I'm getting fired up. Let's go. Dude, yep. cool, cool thing I've heard coming out of camp anyway is that Amir Smith-Marset is probably the most excitable wide receiver that we've seen since Darrell Johnson-Culianos, which is huge praise. Wow. You think, he, you think he does as much blow? <laughs> <laughs> he does a crack ass, bro. Speaking I of, so. I almost wore my Stanzi jersey for this. Uh, but no, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, I don't know if you saw this uh, interview that happened, um, but Tyrone Tracy, I think, or somebody coined yeah, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the one of the somebody in the receiving court uh, coined the uh, term "sweet feet." Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. and but Tyrone, they said that Tyrone couldn't give himself the nickname "sweet feet," so they are calling their like group of receivers sweet feet nice but hopefully we hear it maybe like you know an announcement i could see like a, a break away touchdown or something like uh you know something going for Ivo. oh sweet feet <laughs> to the five <laughs> touchdown G- gary dolphin gary, you know? gary dolphin here <laughs> gary, gary and, and we this. got sweet feet running into the five or to the 10 to the five and that's a hawkeye touchdown um i want no, sweet feet well, we talked about happen. that though we talk about these Hawkeye receivers. Okay, yeah, there's two good receivers. Yeah, teams have two good cornerbacks. I get that. So we also got – Dude, you know, corners we, are not that good. Oh, like there's yeah, – Okay, good point. Okay, like, <laughs> okay, 
and I, I may be saying something that people would disagree with me. But first off, if you talk about corners from high school, right? So I know we're talking about college football in the Big Ten, but like high school corners are literally dog shit. High school corners, yes. Right. College so, corners, different story, I think. College corners are athletes, but dude, you can pick on corners. I could have played cornerback. You can pick on corners. Like they're no yeah. more athletic than the guys that we have at receiver is what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. So like I have no, I mean, besides, I don't know somebody like Josh Jackson or, you know what I mean? Like you have those talents, like a guy, you know, this is really random, but I was just watching like an Ed Reed highlight video the other day. And just like somebody like that, somebody like who can ball hawk a little bit and read the quarterback. I mean, that's a scary thing. I know Ed Reed played safety, but like um, when it comes to like our pass protection, like if you're going to have to cover these guys for four or five or six seconds, like good luck. Mm. Like I, I don't have any. Like I'm super confident in our receivers. I just hope that we are able to target them better than we did last year. Right, and that's the thing. Everybody you're going to have coming in at the receiver receiver position is going to be fresh, because we do got those two other guys in the slot. We got you know Nico Regani, Regani. Thank you, yep. Regani. And then we got you know Tyrone Tracy, and we also got Max Cooper, who did see a little bit of time last year, and uh, definitely could be something. I think we just got another. Comment yeah, what we get. Well, we got we got a comment from our guy Andrew Parker, uh, Parker Dusty Nighthawk is apparently what they call him back at the Aerotex. Um, but uh, the Hawkeyes really love that five yard sideline out. Is what he has. To Who say. the hell does Andy like? Uh, I don't know. Is he an Illinois guy? I don't know. Is he just being a turd? He I think he's being, being a turd. Being a turd. <laughs> Whatever. We got another comment. Bo runs a good eight hundred meters. Thanks, Nick Peter. I appreciate it. But we're talking about the Hawkeyes here, not uh, not high school glory days. Right. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, you guys want to talk glory days? Let's get a 24-pack. Let's go. Let's party. <laughs> hey, anyway, anybody ready for another beer? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just I got am. you. Okay, cool. What's our next question? Going. Yeah, we'll get the next question going. So, next question comes from Caden. Uh, he resides currently in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, a former resident of Walford, Iowa, a graduate of the Cedar Rapids Prairie Hawks. And Caden wants to know, guys, who is going to play the cash, posi- cash position this year, and what will Amani Jones's role be on the team? So, so I think we all know. Oh, is everybody ready? Let me give you my. Um, I just cracked mine because I accidentally cracked it earlier because oh. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but uh, oh, and before you go, obviously you guys may have noticed our Hawkeyes and Tallboys koozies here. You bet. Um, this and other merchandise will likely be for sale soon and coming to a tailgate near you. So absolutely, check us out at Myrtle Ave. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be on Myrtle. Um, but well, yeah, go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Before the depth charts came out in the middle of summer, um, I was already looking up articles because I was sick, not being able to watch football. Um, so I'm excited that we're so close. Um, but my guess, and I, I was kind of hoping maybe that they would maybe put Michael O.J. Mudia in the, in the mm-hmm. cache. But I wasn't sure because you could have moved. I feel like we have a decent core of, uh, of linebackers. And if we had somebody who's a little bit quicker... Um, you know, to move somebody like that to the cash to get somebody like a little bit more. So I don't know, like whether or not they want coverage or they want somebody who's just an act, like somebody who can blitz or something like that. I'm sure. sure they'll switch it up. Yeah. And even taking a step back there. So some of you Hawk fans might not even know what this cash position technically is. So obviously college football has evolved into the spread offense. And, you know, typically eight of the 12 teams that I was going to face in any given season is going to run that spread. So what you might have noticed in that Amani Hooker spot last year, what they do, it's a hybrid spot. 
It's that linebacker safety hybrid. So now essentially what I was running instead of their typical 4-3, they're running a 4-2-5 and bringing in a quote-unquote extra defensive back that they call this cash position. So just to verify that there, you know, Amani Hooker's manned that role for the last few years. and Beast. And he's been a beast. And so I, I see your point with O.J. Medea that – I, I think he could have stepped up there and been <laughs> OJ Medea. OJ Medea. OJ Medea. Yep. OJ. And actually, I heard somebody at uh, on Big Ten Network call him O O'Shea Medea. Oh, yeah. And I was like, "Is that how you say it?" That's some shade. I think that's some shade. Wow. Okay. I'm or I don't know. Name. Is it OJ Medea? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, OJ Medea. Okay. All right. Sorry. Yep. A very well spoken young man, by the way. But yeah, seriously. No. Nonetheless, I think so. You know. Hell of a corner. I, I think yeah. he can play a lot of different positions now. I think you drop him down into a linebacker situation where you got a potential pass rush or you got to be on a tight end. I think that's where he's going to struggle. Mm-hmm. So, so far, anyways, what we're seeing and what we're hearing is that DJ Johnson, you know, one of those Indianapolis recruits, is going to be manning that spot. The Indianapolis pipeline. Yes, sir. We talked a lot about that last year. <clears throat> we talked a lot about DJ Johnson. So, yep. I think he played a little. He dabbled a little bit in a safety spot in situations last year, but, um, you know, obviously behind Julius Brents, Matt Hankins, mm-hmm. and those guys. But the dude hits like a truck. I, I think as long as he's got the coverage and everything down, because, you know, if you think about it in that four-two-five, you got the job of a linebacker and a safety and coverage. Yep. That's tough. That's tough. So, obviously, he's got to get that down. We're going to see some growing pains there, but – I think he's the guy. I think he's going to kick ass. Cool. Bo, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. But I, I also would have liked to see Geno Stone at this position because I think Geno could have no. been a beast at this. Think about G- Geno's six foot, 200 pounds. He would have he easily lined up. He's got the same frame as Hooker. I think that he could have done probably just as good, if not better. But I do like him at the safety spot, though. Dude, but Geno's got that pound, that pound that you see like out of the Bob Sanders. So I, I see what you're saying. But I, I like him better in that safety spot on third down situations where, you know, they're going to be, you know, throwing the ball over the middle. Yeah. Like teams love to do against the Hawkeyes, that bend but don't break. You know, obviously they'll let you throw underneath all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll throw underneath. But as soon as you get cracked one time by Geno Stone, you're not going to want to go in front of him again. See, that's why I think he'd be a perfect fit for the cash position because he's going to be that one that ground and pound that he's going to come up like an extra linebacker because he has that size and that build and that frame. Right, but in that cash position, you still have – Coverage like essentially man to man coverage responsibilities. Yeah. Sometimes, so you know what I mean. Like that, that can yeah, get a I, little bit rough there, where yeah. you know he doesn't have like that free hit. You know okay. where you get to clean somebody's clock, possibly go out with the targeting penalty, <laughs> fire the team up. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Just the only thing with that, just say I move Geno Stone down. Who's going to play safety? Maybe Julius Brents, maybe Matt Hankins. I don't know. That's a t- that's know, a topic for another got, time. Yeah, Cave on Merriweather. We got a few different guys that yeah. can move around. So I'll yeah, tell I, you guys I what. Think it can be done. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Oh, question for you. So, DJ Johnson, redshirt freshman. Do you think that they're gonna give him four games and then pull him and put somebody else at the cash position? Because I think that with the group that we have, because there are guys. Young guys that are corners that have started. I don't know if you remember last year, Riley Moss and uh, Julius Brents, I yeah. believe, um, who both like started at corners uh, when we were I, playing we were at Minnesota. With, yeah, against mm-hmm. where yeah, they had some we injuries. Two injuries. Yeah, yep. yeah. So those guys have game like big game experience, and uh, I think that it could be an option to where they could move somebody because right now 
they have Michael Ojemudia behind him in the cast position, according to this particular depth chart. But they, I mean, it's obvious that they have things moving around. I'd love to see just like a, a true freshman come out and just star on our defense and really like start a new era. Cause I feel like I know we have a lot of talent on this, uh, on this roster, but I feel like we're young still on and defense. Phil, mm-hmm. Phil Parker coach teams always have some sort of freshman standout. You wouldn't have thought it last year, but obviously Julius Brents and Riley Moss both come in as true freshmen and, you know, play a game. And obviously Riley Moss had some, you know, quite questionable plays in that Minnesota game that everybody seems to remember, but nobody remembers that he got two picks as yeah. well. So yep. the, the dude's going to be a hell of a player for Iowa. Now, to counter your point, though, Rob, I don't think it's a good idea to bring one of those guys in in the cash spot um, simply because, you know, I think they're both true corners. They're both long, lanky guys. They still got – I don't want to say the high school mold body because, you know, look at this body. It's not, it's not what it was back in high school. But, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, because there's such, there's such a linebacker aspect to that spot where, you know, Amani Hook was another one that hit like a truck last year that, you know, excelled in that position, and that was a big reason why because of his linebacker-like stature. Yeah, I yeah, I get that. Um, but I don't know. You know, that's an option for us. I yeah. guess it'll all sh- shake out the way it does. It, probably just based on perform- uh, performance. But. Yeah, and speaking of, um, another true freshman we're hearing a lot of in that secondary spot is Dane Belton, mm-hmm. one of our recruits out of Florida. So keep an eye on that name, Hawk fans. It seems like there's always some freshman in a Phil Parker coach team that ends up getting some playing time. And I definitely think What position? Born. Is he a D-back? They call him a defensive back, so I don't know if they're thinking corner, if they're thinking safety for him, but yep. sounds also, like he's having a great camp. Also, uh, Dylan Doyle, coach's son, I believe, coach is, Doyle's a, kid. Uh, yeah. is a redshirt freshman this year. He'll, he'll get in. Yeah. Linebacker's another spot that you're going to see a lot of rotation lot in this year, rotation. I think, yep. So especially these first four games. So, yep. um, But the second part of this qu- question that old Caden had was, you know, talking about Imani Jones's role on the team. So, for those of you that don't remember, Imani started middle linebacker one game last year. Yeah, but did he start the season there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I believe and, so, because I remember. And you could tell the intensity was there. The dude just missed holes. <laughs> so, the the execution wasn't there. Uh, not, not saying he wasn't smart enough for the position, but what the coaches went ahead and did is start using his strengths. You know, you see this guy run down the field on a kickoff, and everybody's getting the hell out of the way. Like, this guy's a straight psychopath murderer running down as a gunner on kickoffs. So this guy just wants to hit somebody. So naturally, what role are they going to put him in? Defensive end, They've moved him to a defensive end, and I love it. And specifically, a rush end specialist. So imagine this D-line for a second, everyone. We got – so say you got Imani Jones' psycho ass on Using fingers here. You got – (laughs) Imani Jones on one side. You got AJ Epinesa on one side, and you got – you know, Chauncey Golston, who could play another end, they bump him down like they did with Bar- Parker Hesse last year. Yep. And then you got a guy like Davion Nixon or, you know, Brady Reef or any of these guys that can be run stuffers. You bet. That D-line is going to be damn near unstoppable on third downs. I think the only way they can get beat is essentially on screen plays. I, I don't know. I am pumped. Yeah. You cannot tell. Let's and, go. And your boy, Jamon Colbert. Digimon, Digimon. my boy. Digimon. Digimon. (laughs) Got to catch them all. Yep. That's Pokemon. Still, um, (laughs) Digimon, man, starting at uh, weak linebacker, sophomore, redshirt sophomore. Got the wheel spot. Had one hell of a year last year, too, didn't he, Rob? We talked about him a lot on Hawkeyes and Tallboys last year. Yeah, yeah, we we talked about him so much, we figured out that we pronounced his name wrong. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Digimon, you're right. Digimon. But honestly, like, it's a sweet nickname. Yeah. Like, I don't even remember Digimon. that. They, that you would play cards and stuff. Oh, and, yeah. like, your what were they, like, robots or, like, little... They're similar to Pokemon. Yes, something very similar to Pokemon. Well, that's why. And this is. is yeah, are there just... any nerds who listening who who are listening who could like maybe uh, inform me on how Digimon works? I... <laughs> I, think, I think it's essentially like a RuneScape, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon mixture. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. I honestly might have been. Fi- I was actually, to be honest, I was picturing Yu-Gi-Oh, and I was saying Digimon. Nice. All right, we should stop nice. talking about yeah. this before. We anyway, he's a he's a dope linebacker and yeah. he's young. Cool thing, yeah, exactly what I was going to say. He was a freshman last year, redshirt sophomore this year. We have him for three more years yep. unless he goes to the NFL. But I don't see that coming because he's good. But we'll see what happens. I'd like to see how he plays this year. Yep, yep. So safe to say, we're all excited about the defense. And kind of going off topic here, but we got a question from my buddy Tom. And so he currently lives in the Solon, Iowa area. So he's not a Spartan. He's a Peahawk, but he lives in Solon. And he wants to know, hey, guys, why in the hell is Nebraska ranked? (laughs) Good question. I I think hype, typically. Um, You know, for some reason, these sports writers were alive in the 90s, and they remember Scott Frost (laughs) playing quarterback for him and taking him to a national championship. I get it. It's awesome. Um, On a serious note, you know, they got Adrian Martinez, obviously a pretty good line, linebacker. Yeah, quarterback. Pretty good quarterback. <laughs> I wonder you. if he would play linebacker. Um, pretty good quarterback, and, you know, it's Nebraska. Their recruiting's always been there, so they're going to have some offensive star power. Um, the big question I have with them, and the reason I think they should have been left out of the initial top 25, is just due to that defense. Yep, and that's we, exactly we, what I was we hear We hear it all the time that, you know – in a lot of conferences, you don't necessarily need defense to win football games all the time. I think you can score. Obviously, you score more points, you're going to end up winning the game. But at some point, your defense is going to have to make a stop if you want to go, you know, 11 and 1, 10 and 2, and win a Big Ten title yep. or Big Ten West title, anyway. So I, yep. I personally don't see that this year. I think they're a couple years away. Now, now I definitely think Scott Frost is going to flip it around. I don't think they're going 4 and 8 again. And I, I think they're going to you know, upset a few teams this year. And, you know, that mobility of Adrian Martinez is going to be a challenge for a lot of defenses this year. But should they be in the top 25? Absolutely not. Yeah, I um, I would tell you that I think Nebraska is going to definitely upset some people. and They're going to be a tough team to play at home. And we have to play them at home, um, which is going to be one of our toughest games. And not- Nebraska's schedule is dog shit. I I mean, go ahead and look that up when you get a chance, Rob. But. I, I'm on it right now. I'm yeah. pulling it up. Yep. But, like, um, I mean, their offense is going to be up there with one of the best offenses in the nation. Agreed. Um, Agreed. So, you got Adrian Martinez, who's going to be uh, a run. Like, he's an RPO quarterback. Um, he's either going to pass out of that or he's going to be able to run for however many yards. He, he's, he reminds me of, like, a Russell Wilson-type player mm-hmm. um, who can who's a dual threat. Um, here's their schedule right here. But anyways, yeah, but they, what I was going to say is they have two receivers um, who are elite. J.D. Spielman is one of them. And then the other one I listed down here, uh, which is Mike Williams. And um, so they bo- they have like a probably one of the best receiving cores behind Ohio State in the Big Ten. Um, so that's something, I mean, if you pair that with a, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation going into this season, uh, barring injury, I would say that um, they're going to be one of the best offenses. Uh, but here's here's a look at their schedule. So they're going to play um, 
a couple of cupcake teams uh, versus their home at against South Alabama. They go at Colorado, play at home against Northern Illinois. Now Colorado, I'm going to stop you there. Sure, Colorado beat Nebraska last they year. Did. And that's close, a rivalry game in a close game. So back in their Big Twelve days, that was a rivalry game. Back is that their when, rival? When, when, is that like our Iowa State? I wish Blaine oh, was no. here. Blaine, if you're listening, man, we got an extra mic for you, buddy. <laughs> no doubt. We're waiting for no you. No doubt. He ditched us. That's, a, that's our, everybody, Blaine is our Nebraska correspondent, unofficial <laughs> member of the podcast. 10-4. Uh, but, yeah, so I guess maybe Colorado would be tough for him. But then look at this. Northern Illinois at Illinois. Ohio State will be tough. At home. That's a crossover game. That'll be tough. Northwestern at home. But see, all their big games, I feel like, are at home. Yeah, they go they at Minnesota. Um, so it's oh, so it's home Ohio State, home Northwestern, at Minnesota, home versus Indiana, at Purdue, which will be tough. But they got Wisconsin at home. Mm-hmm. They go to Maryland to blow them out, and then they got us at home. Yep. So I, I think that's a fair statement that all their tough games are at home. So, you know, I, I think the hype is there, but uh, I, I don't see it this year. I think – I it's think like, they're a few years away yet. I feel like they got our schedule last year. Yeah. Yep. Right. I talked to a couple of my buddies that are big Nebraska fans. Lance Hinchberger and Dylan Miller both agreed with you guys on the on the, the schedule, having all their big games at home, which is good for them. I think that they're going to excel with that. That's where I think that their offense, especially against some of the other Big Ten defenses, is going to be very potent. Oh, speaking of, I'm going to Lincoln. I'm going oh, yeah. to that Iowa-Nebraska Maybe game. see you there. Black you are? Black Friday. And that's Black Friday, yeah. Black mm-hmm. Friday. going to be a fun one. Um Crazy story, real quick here. Yeah, I believe. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that four Nebraska players, I think, were going to. I think they had pot related. Um, what, what, you, what am I trying to say? Charges. Charge. Yeah, pot related charges. They're going to be dropped. Really. So four of them are not going to get suspended or anything before the game. Shout out Barstool Sports. They said classic Nebraska is back here, dropping four pot charges on. Hey. On their guys. Which makes me think. So the cop that went ahead and arrested Tristan Wirfs for being on that moped, <laughs> take some notes from the boys in Lincoln. Dude, he's like, sitting out in game one, right? Because he was in a bar underage, not drunk this year. No, I swear th- to God. no that was handled internally. He was. was. it? Yep. It was handled internally. So he had to do uh, some wind sprints. Way to throw me under the bus there and undermine my thought there. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> so then, wait, is he sitting out the first game or no? No. No, no. It was oh. handled internally. A few, few wind sprints. He'll buff. Perfect. We'll take it. Here we go. We'll so, take it. But anyways, so, yes, Iowa City Police Department, take some notes, please. Let the boys off. Come on. We got a Big Ten championship that we got to win sometime in my lifetime. So We got a tough schedule. Uh, We're ranked 37th in strength of schedule this year for whatever that's worth. Um, So we have the 37th toughest. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, it it will be a a rough go for us, but I think that it's doable. Um, The way that I have predicted our games, which obviously I'm looking at it through rose-colored glasses, because if you look at the guys on paper, we have, like, I would say one of the most talented rosters that we've ever had. Completely agree. On paper, we are... An eight and four or a nine three nine and three team. So I, I, I gotta say nine, nine and three. three. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. really nice. On, on paper. We'll get to predictions. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna we'll, see we'll what yours there. are. Yeah. We'll you get bet. there. So cool, cool. Um had another question, getting a little sentimental here. Um Buddy. Alright, man. <laughs> but Buddy might have had some a few drinks before he had this one, but he was like, Hey guys. You know, what does being a Hawkeye mean to you? And <laughs> I, love it. I, I will take this one first. Um, you know, I've been a Hawkeye since bef- before I can remember. Um, you know, what it is to me is we talk about the Iowa nice, 
you know, we talk about not having a professional so, football team. So, so crack, what? What crack. is? We, we talk. We talk about corn. For corn, those corn liquor, beer, bushlight. Go ahead. For those listeners who aren't from Iowa, what what's Iowa nice? What is that? So Iowa nice. The best example I've ever heard of it is a couple of years back, Iowa was playing in a preseason tournament in Madison Square Garden, and. The example I heard was there was this New Yorker, and we all know a stereotypical New Yorker, oh, yeah. running around with a map. <laughs> and he was looking for something, looking for, you hey, know, where, this where bu- the hell is it? You know, right, right. I thought it was right here. <laughs> right, this building or whatever where he had a job interview. And the Iowa fans that were walking to Madison Square Garden stopped to help him find it. So now a New Yorker who, so so how they're used to it is, how how I heard the story is they like took it as them being rude because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I think it's up around the corner here. Let me see the map. You know, let me pull it up on my phone. You know, <laughs> they're doing all this to try and help the guy. Yeah. But in reality, the guy wanted to hear yay or nay. <laughs> so oh, he could really? keep going and find somebody who can help him. And so this New Yorker got all pissed off because these guys were trying to help him and obviously didn't know where the hell he was going either. <laughs> that's, so, that's probably the best example of Iowa nice I can think love of. It. Yeah. Love it. I would Rob, say, yeah. What's what's your take, Rob? Uh, well, we talked about um, being Iowa nice at uh, where I work, actually. So, I mean, basically, just like you know, giving people the benefit of the doubt. You know, like, wait, you don't do Hawkeyes and Tall Boys full time. <laughs> <laughs> I got a day job until we get we picked up Venmo. by ESPN. We all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, until we get uh, until we get big. You know, I gotta make gotta pay the bills. But I'm, uh, you know, it's basically just like when for well, the way I look at it is like if you stopped at a stop sign and like one of the people is from Iowa, they'd be like, Oh no, you can go. No. Oh, after, Oh, ope, after ope. you, Ope. you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, that's how I look at it. Just like being overly nice, like too nice to strangers. Um, it's funny. I'm from Illinois. And, uh, when I first started dating my girlfriend, Angela, um, you know, we would be out places and stuff. And, uh, no matter where we were, if we were in Chicago, we were in Peoria, where I'm from, uh, or in Washington, or if we were like, you know, in Iowa City, even like she'd be like, um, you know, help trying to help somebody with, you know, like, oh, well, let me help you. And I'm like, no, 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 don't talk to him. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I think this is a, a street urchin or, you know, I th- believe this man <laughs> is going to be sleeping on the street here tonight. So there's no need to help him. You know what I mean? Because I'm just like in He's more like protector place. mode, you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, but, but that's like Iowa nice. Just like going out of your way. Like I can tell you a story actually. Um, this is probably a little bit out of the way, but anyways, um, Angela's driving to work, and uh, this is something that, by the way, that I I'm not Iowa nice. I'm a nice guy. You can come and talk to me. I'm pretty easy to talk to, but like, um, I don't really go out of my way to try to help people um, unless I'm like on the clock. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, true colors come out here. But yeah, but no, I mean like, but for instance, like Angela is driving to her job, and uh, she saw a guy running. On the side of the road, a stranger after a bus who obviously he had missed the bus and like she pulled over and was like, hey, sir, hop in. I'll take you to the next bus stop so you can catch this bus. And like so the stranger man got into Angela's car with her alone and she drove him to the next bus stop. Now, do I agree with that? No, No. but that's a perfect (laughs) example of Iowa nice. That's what Iowa nice is. Shout, Shout out Angela letting us use her house. Beautiful and Rob's kitchen. house, Thanks. beautiful kitchen yeah. area, yeah. but for Thank this you. live broadcast. You, so. you know, when when I think of a Hawkeye, guys, I'll, I'll make this short and sweet. The best word that I can think of is tradition. 
I love traditional. You know, just to just to put it in context, the football team. You think of Kirk Ferentz bringing in two, three-star guys and develop them into young men that become you know greater than football and in life. You know, they become successful because of what they learned here. And even, I mean, they even go to the students too. The city of Iowa City is a beautiful city, great city to live live in, grow up in. I guess as far as a college town goes, too, great college town. But other than that, I, I think really the big thing is tradition. That's a great word for me. Iowa City, where boys become men. I love it. There love you it, go. Bo. Um, <laughs> another quote from our buddy Tom over in Solon. Um, so you guys might have seen this. I don't know if this was a recent quote from the Big Ten bus tour, mm-hmm. but our friend, offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz, uh, so the other day he compared a block. So they asked him what a perfect block was. And like a run block? Yeah, like a run block. So he's got a lot of experience <laughs> on the offensive line. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. And so he came up with a story when they were taking their 2001 trip to Wisconsin. And I was bus hit a deer on Highway 151. And so Ferentz said, and I quote, it looked like somebody shoved a hand to grade up. Or, <laughs> Let me restart that. It looked like somebody shoved a hand grenade up the deer's ass, he said. It was just gone. It was like vaporized. It wasn't even like you called a state patrol. Hey, you've got to come move this carcass. No, we've got to wash the bus. That's how it should be when you block guys. I love it. <laughs> Literally, Brian Ferentz, so many people were so pissed off. Here's Dylan's rant for today. So many people were pissed off at this hire. And... Frankly, it was just asinine to me. I heard nothing but, oh, it's nepotism, oh, it's Ferentz's kid, oh, we're getting 25 more years of conservative football, blah, 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 bullshit. When this guy has been under Bill Belichick for the last 10 years or whatever it was, the dude's a stud. He's already brought his touch into the Iowa Hawkeye offense. Yes, it's still it's traditional Hawkeye ground and pound, but you're seeing a lot more of that Patriots-esque in there where using the tight ends, you know, using the slot receivers and that sort of thing, and having a good run game to go along with it. So it's still a pro-style offense, but you're seeing some of those spread components come in. And that is all Brian Ferentz. It's no more of the, you know, PA bootlegs that you see, you know, not the jet sweep. What did they call it? Um, that screen. Tunnel screen. The tunnel screen. They called it jet screen, wasn't it? Jet sweep? Jet, jet screen? sweep. Jet yeah. sweep, yeah. yeah. Sure. Whatever. Sure. And th- that used to be a staple of the Ken O'Keefe <laughs> and Kirk Ferentz playbook. So you st- you'll still see it once every four games or whatever, but – my point being, he has taken what he learned under Bill Belichick and applied it to college football, and it's frankly seen a lot of success. Now, have we won a Big Ten title? No. Have, has he have a lot to prove yet? Absolutely. But he's been an offensive coordinator for, what, the last two years, a yep. run-game coordinator the yep. year before that. Give him time. He is literally Kirk Ferentz with a fucking mouth on him, and I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I love this quote. I love it. Our offensive linemen should be obliterating D linemen, getting to that ne- next level, and we're yeah. gonna have a lot of big plays this year thanks to our studly offensive line. Go ahead, fellas. I would say, like with Brian Ferentz, uh, you know, we talked about this before. If you guys remember, before the season last year, we talked about, um, well, you know, it's gonna be the second year under Brian Ferentz. You know, or what are we gonna see? Are we, he's gonna open it up a little bit more, and uh, and frankly, like. The talent that we had at, at tight end, I, I think, was a little bit underutilized, and I think everyone would probably agree with that. Um, but at the same time, like I think another year under him, like I mean, it's what do you? I mean, it's going to be it's hard. I feel like to to design plays for the talent that you have for just this one instant 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're like, you know, I, I didn't expect Hawkinson to break out the way that he did. And he did. And then now he's a first round draft pick. So like now he's got a completely new set of personnel. I think it's going to be just the same offense that we ran last year with a little bit more. Like uh, I think he would just up the ante a little bit mm-hmm. um, because it's just a, another full year under the same offense. So I just saw one of the comments. Hey, I don't see any tall boys. <laughs> you might not be able to tell from the depth perception, but this is absolutely 16 ounces, bud. So this is a 16 fluid ounces of Iowa water. A bush, right. la, bush, latte. A bush latte. Bush latte is what they call it. But We've no. had a hard week of work. Don't judge us. But anyways, um, I mean, half the reason that we like doing this podcast is we get to drink together. Right. But w- no, back to my point, what I'm saying is like, I'm excited for Brian Ferentz. I mean, I love like his quote, like here, obviously just showing like his aggressiveness. And uh, I think that it's something to look forward to with the personnel that we have mm-hmm. on the roster. And, and the kids, and you heard it too, you know, when we had Parker Hesse and Sam Brinks on the show over the summer. Those guys on the O-line, those guys on the offense, they would run through a brick wall for that guy. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to hear. You well, can, they do you, talk a lot about attitude and effort. Yep. So, <laughs> that, that's, you gotta, that, that's from the Kirk Ferentz <laughs> Media School. But, come on, we remember that. Remember, Bar- Barker and Sam said it themselves. You know, they can't put, what was all the rules? They can't put unwanted expectations on people. Oh, they can't call any individual player out. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's like, if you notice that when we were on the Big Ten Roadshow, they were talking like, hey, you know, Tristan, who are your freshmen that are coming up on the offensive line? Oh, you know, we got a lot of offensive linemen stepping up here. Yeah. <laughs> it's really I, great I re- why the old guys teach the young guys. Exactly. Yeah. The old guys. Like, oh, what is that? <laughs> it's like robotics. Yeah. yeah. Alaric and, you know, some of the seniors are really bringing those offensive linemen along. Like, Mark Kallenberger has, or not Mark Kallenberger, Tyler Linderbaum has been announced the starting center after being a defensive lineman the first half of his first year with Iowa. Yeah. Say him. That's fine. Everybody knows he's going to start. Oh, yeah, Tyler Lindbaum's really coming on. I would appreciate that more than, yeah, you know, we got some of these guys here, and they're, you know, really doing the best they can. And, you know, some of them are going to start, and some of them won't, but that's just okay. Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, dude, Kirk Ferentz just pulling a page out of Bill Belichick's book almost. Yes. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Indiana. We're on to Illinois. And... We're on to the running back depth chart. Or yes. Bo, did, you, Bo, did no. you have any thoughts? I'm sorry. No, I didn't. Honestly, I was going to kick it off straight to the, the overall depth chart. What we thought oh. about the depth chart. I like the running back, but might as well cover all of them, right? I, I, I totally agree. So, okay. agree. so, let, so yeah. should we just start from the top? Well, first off, I say let's start at offense. I do like – let's start at running back because I think that's a huge question between everybody. But mm. we'll start at running back and then player to watch in the offense. We'll go to defense and then player to watch in the defense well, and like see that. where we go Perfect. from there. But – uh, Rob, how yes. about you kick us off with the running backs? Perfect. We'll yep. So uh, it's going to be this, uh, the same faces that we saw last year. Uh, Makai Sargent is listed uh, as our as as the starting running back, and then behind him we got Torn Young, and then obviously Ivory Kelly Martin, who started the season in the starting role last year. Um, and unfortunately, Ivory Kelly Martin ran into an injury, and I don't remember if it was his like ankle. Ankle. I think it was ankle. Yep. Yeah, because I knew it wasn't knee. Yep. Um, so we're not looking at an Adrian Peterson situation. But um, what we're looking at is uh, – so we didn't really get to see much of Ivory Kelly Martin. And, and what we did see was only – it was just against uh, a couple of uh, – like what, Northern Illinois uh, mm-hmm. and then somebody else. And, uh, you know, one of the early games. So we really didn't get to see a lot of like what he had to offer. So what we were left with was Makai Sargent, who was more of like a uh, – I viewed him as like a – 
a third down back or he's a little bit smaller, more agile, um, but he does hit the hole really hard. Um, and then he got Torin Young, who's a little bit bigger of a back, and I feel like he's not as quite as fast as uh, as Makai Sargent, but um, he's a bruiser, and he really knows how to finish off runs with the lowering his shoulder pads at the end, and we really saw that. And it reminded me of uh, Jordan Canzari a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I really like that comparison, Rob, because I, I was kind of going to go off the same thing, and you guys might remember from some of our preseason episodes last year that you know my big thing with Ivory Kelly Martin and Torin Young was talking about that one-two punch similar to like the LaShawn Daniels and the Akram Wadley. Uh, obviously, I turned out to be wrong because Ivory ended up getting hurt and, you know, we saw a little bit more and then we saw Makai Sargent really jump on the scene. But yep. from the last Kirk Ferentz interview we heard, it sounds like Sargent and Torn Young are the clear number ones. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then so in that third string spot, you're going to see Ivory Kelly Martin now decimated with injuries. Expect to see him. Now, where – couple surprise players to watch and I don't know if I would put them as my players to watch on offense necessarily sure. but sure. a couple guys to look at we got Tyler Goodson recruit out of jo- Sony Georgia I believe it is mm-hmm. and then we got Shedrick Bird Shedrick Shedrick whatever it is anyways I've already messed up a few names <laughs> so you, get, you guys got me all self-conscious fuckers <laughs> anyways Hey, so, we'll pronounce it, you know, one way until we learn it's wrong. So now, so now that's what Ference essentially has a free trial run with these guys the first few weeks. See what they got early on. You know, see if they can burst on the scene. You know, I think of like Mikael McCall, you know, like way a few years back. He ended up breaking his ankle but was tearing it up first game of the year. You know, so Ference has no problem giving those, you know, freshman running backs a chance, especially starting the season like that. You know, why not? Let's see what they got. Let's see if that Tyler Goodson can be that big playmaker for us, be that big spark, because I think that's what we're lacking. I think we have three really solid backs in Torn Young, Makai Sargent, and Ivory Kelly Martin. But I think we lack that home run threat there. Mm-hmm. And it showed last year when we had, like, what, eight plays over 20 yards or something like that? Yeah. I think that's what this offense is missing. Mm-hmm. And that's going to get us up to that, you know, 4.8, five yards a carry. Because I think last year, didn't we end the season with, what, 3.5 or 3.8 yards? Yeah, we were definitely we were less than four. Oh, I, thought, less than four. I, thought, I thought we got up into the four. No, no, it was less than four, for yeah. sure. Okay. Um, but you guys – I would say it was the biggest area of improvement. Oh, absolutely. That was – or our biggest weakness mm-hmm. last but year. I, I, think that, I think that we're working – honestly, though, if we get our average up in the fours, I think we for sure win nine games. And we'll get into predictions a little bit later on. But one running back I'd like to compare to an old Hawkeye, I'd like to compare – Makai Sargent to our birthday boy today, Sean Green. Oh, you guys are going to Jesus. Yes. Big take. The goat? Listen to this. Listen to this. I think Makai has the size. He has the agility of Akram Wadley, but I think that he's able to break tackles and get out in the open field like Sean Green was able to. Sean Green obviously had a few more pounds on him, but the guy the guy was slippery as shit. I think he's one of the best running backs. Ooh, and that Makai's bulked up this year. Yeah, and, and see this is this is why I get the comparison. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's going to be able to break more tackles and slide away from defenders yards after, you know, yards after being touched the first time. Mm-hmm. That's why I like to see that. But I think he's going to be more of a first second down back where more Torin Young's going to be a third down guy, bruiser up the hole. Where else I can see in like a game Iowa against Wisconsin I can see Torn Young being the the big back to go bruise down the Wisconsin defense, kind of like the you know old style against old style type deal. Sure, I bet so they will. I bet they'll use them in, in, differently in different game plans. Yeah, for sure, oh, absolutely. Obviously, this is, we're going into Nate Stanley's uh, senior year, and I feel like that although he's poised to if he 
if he just repeats, excuse me, I didn't mean to burp in the mic. If he, if he just repeats what he does, uh, does last year. We're drinking, folks. Sorry. Um, if he just repeats what he did last year, he's got a good chance to be the all-time touchdown leader in, in Iowa history. Um, but in my personal opinion, I, I think that he's got a lot uh, to live up to. And he's, and he's left. He's got one year to kind of almost prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like he's got the frame and I feel like he knows the offense well enough. And, um, I, I just think he needs to put it all together. I, I wouldn't say that last year was an outstanding season for Nate Stanley, no. but I would say that he was a solid quarterback, but like, we all know that his potential is to be so much more than that. And I want him to, to take that step this year. Um, he's definitely somebody who could be in the NFL and I, I want to see him kind of, I want to see him throw some – I'd like to see them put up points this year is what I mean. I'd like to see Nate Stanley throw for three, four touchdowns, you know, through a, a – A game. A game. I mean, that would be shocking if he but did that. I think, but they can. But I think, yeah, we have the receiving core to do that. And I like to think that he had like a sophomore slump, right? So he had a great sophomore year. That his junior year comes up and has like the second year starter sophomore slump, right? And that's why you look at that. His stats weren't even that bad. No, it just, they weren't he was just even that like bad. a perceived sophomore slump because he had a couple bad games. Because he makes mistakes, off. I feel right. like. But here's the deal: like, did, what didn't he get injured during the Penn State game with that thumb? Yeah, thumb. Yeah. If, if you think about this, he comes back this year, no thumb injury. I think he's pretty dangerous. I think the yeah. sky's the limit for Nate Stanley. I Me think too. He's gonna have a phenomenal year this year. But he left. I mean, he's he kind of the, the way he his career is gone. It's like this, this is kind of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I heard the other day and I, and I'm going to repeat it and I, and I apologize. I don't remember who said it, but it's like, this could be um, the season that everyone remembers Nate Stanley for being like uh, a legendary quarterback. Or, or this could be the season that he just ends up being like a, an average, another, uh, just an, a another list of Iowa another Iowa yeah. quarterback, you know, and th- this not is to a- put any pressure on the man. If he's listening, I love you, Nate, but, uh, <laughs> But we want you to prove it, and, and we know you can do it. And this is probably unfair to put on him, but I really feel like Iowa fans, if he doesn't take us to a Big Ten title game this year, there's going to be a lot of what-ifs mm-hmm. in regards to Nate Stanley. And I don't know if that's fair necessarily, but that's I what mean, you sign I, up for. I, I think that's what it is. I think yeah. it's you know Big Ten West title or bust this year for him. So, you know, obviously yeah. we'll, we'll see if he can live up to the hype and um, – I'm looking forward to it. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I guess I don't have anything else to add on that because I think Nate Stanley is a, a premier quarterback. I don't agree that he's the 51st best quarterback in this That's, in this that's year. ass night. Okay. I know. I yeah, can that's go ridiculous. On about that. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to. Like, 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 who the hell? Okay, so he had, a few, he had a few bad games last year. You're still talking about he's the 51st best quarterback in the FBS in regards to, like, playing at the next level. That is absolutely ass night. Dumb. No. He, he's – Big Ben Roethlisberger reincarnated as a quarterback. He's minus the rape allegation. Jesus. Well, okay, here we are. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I to put him at fifty-one. You know, I get he had a couple slip-ups there, but whoever wrote that article had to have been somewhat of an Iowa hater, which yep. is fine. You yep. know, I, I get that, but because you had guys, you had guys that haven't even played a snap yet that were like in the top 10. So yeah. that's where that guy lost all credibility with me. So if you're listening, go F yourself. Dill, you want to take, Dill, you want to take us through what the, the O line is going to look like for this year? Yeah. O line's going to be studly. So right now we got the two tackle spots pretty much locked up in mm-hmm. Alaric Jackson and Tristan Wirfs. Center yep. spots pretty much locked up with Tyler Linderbaum, the stolen defensive line standouts. 
Um, the guards are where things get a little bit interesting right now because we got both Paulson brothers, you know, in the hunt. I think right now, who do we got? Landon and Cole, Cole Bandwin. Yep. Landon at one of the guards, and then, and then Cole, Cole Banward at the other guard. Mm-hmm. And so Cole, he's played a little bit everywhere on that offensive line, so he's got a lot of experience coming in. I think he ends up getting in there, um, and then I think it's going to be one of the Paulson brothers. So I do think one of the Paulsons after their, you know, good career at Iowa, I think one of them get left out of the starting lineup. But nonetheless, like every other position in Iowa, you got to be ready next man in. So yep. I, I think that offensive line is going to be studly. I think they're deep. I think we're going to be able to run the ball. I think pass protection is going to continue to be phenomenal. Where they did lack a little bit last year was in that rushing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, that's kind of the biggest part of it. And Coach Polisic, you know, took that a little bit on himself where, you know, like we said, we think they fall just a little bit under four yards of carry last mm-hmm. year. Yep. So he came out and said he wanted them to be at, at a minimum, it was like 4.6 or 4.7 yards of carry. Now that's a drastic improvement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, might that happen? Maybe not. But you know, shoot for the stars, fall a little bit short. You know, I'm still gonna be damn happy. So, yeah. kind of like we talked about earlier, we need more of a home run threat, and that starts right up front. Mm-hmm. And I, I think these guys have the ability to do it. Now it's just got to all come together. Um, as far as that goes, oh, it's, we were just talking about the line, weren't we? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's surprising to me because how much in if you if you're I don't know. I, I feel like I'd be preaching to the choir. Anybody who pays attention to football at all, but like, it's it's shocking how much like if you average you know three point eight to four point five yards of carry, we're not even talking about a, a yard. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're ripping off four, four and a half, five yards of carry, like when you're running the ball, like things are moving. You're moving the mm-hmm. chains. You can run, you know, pass, uh, you know, like a play action pass off of things like that, like a power that we always run. And it's just like, um, like that kind of stuff just opens up the offense. And that's what we weren't able to get. I felt like too many times last year, which one, probably this led to close games. And then two, us unable to close out games. We, we, wish, we should have closed out Wisconsin last year and uh, Northwestern. Don't, yeah, don't, don't and remind me. Penn State. Sean all these Byer. teams we, we should have. <laughs> If you look at the scores, it, it doesn't tell the true tale. But regardless, what I'm saying is, like, if we can do that this year, those close games are going to be ours. Mm-hmm. Because our defense, I feel like, is going to be as good or better than they were last year. And I feel like our offense is more talented than they were last year. Absolutely. Now we got a tougher schedule, and that's going to be up against. So, really, you think our offense is more talented without Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson? The only reason why I'm saying that is because it's one more year with this receiving core. Okay. So I have confidence. I have much more confidence in Brandon Smith and Amir Smith-Marset, and I'm really excited to see what these freshmen are going to be able to do because it sounds like that they're kind of – they're fast. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't mean to sound like I was condescending to you at all. No, no, you're good. Because well, the other thing is next man up. Yeah. Well, and for these tight ends. about last year – you know, a lot of teams probably in the Big Ten West would argue that we were essentially a one-trick pony, well, a two-trick pony mm-hmm. with our tight ends. Right. You know, if Hawkinson and I would wasn't honestly open, agree. if wasn't open, we had nothing. Because yep. we weren't running the ball very well. And, like, I don't feel like we really gave Amir, Smarth, uh, Amir Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith a lot of uh, credit. Or I, I feel like opportunity to, like, I don't know how many targets they got. I feel like, obviously, it was 
eaten in. I mean, Hawkinson and Fan were kind of eaten into those targets. Mm-hmm. And if it were me, like, I don't know. I feel like I would just run plays where the, <laughs> both tight ends are on a seam or, or both tight ends are running combination routes in order to – because there's no way that you're going to be able to cover both of them, in my opinion. But, I mean, like – Obviously, you're going to have to run the ball. You're going to have to run other yeah. plays, and none of those other plays seem to be working very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my my own opinion. And honestly, like maybe I'm just looking at, maybe I just only remember from last year, like the crappy plays or the third and longs that we didn't get. And I'm like, I'm, I'm I really want them to do so well that like I feel like I I hang on to the one the times that we didn't make it, so I don't jinx it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like, uh, but you know, I mean, I feel like there was a time where Brandon Smith, I think, had like a one-handed catch for a touchdown in yeah in, in the in the corner of the end zone last year, which really like um, you know kind of opened my eyes to like a little bit of what they could do. So same thing with Mir Smith Marset against Northwestern when he had that catch on the sideline too, that tiptoe catch too. That mm-hmm. was pretty sweet. Yeah. They're talented guys. I just yeah. think they need opportunity, and hopefully this year it will be kind of a little bit better. But yeah. this year they'll get it. And speak, speaking on that, too, sorry to, to interrupt here, too. I would sure. say let's just go straight into the, to the receiving core. Oh, the receiving core? Okay. Yeah. So we talked a little bit. We talked a little bit about those We're on the guys. same page. Yeah. Why don't, uh, why don't, we, go, why don't we go straight into uh, the younger guys, right? So we got Tyrone Tracy. Yep. Okay. We got Nico Regani. Yep. Who, who else we got? Max Cooper. Max, Max Cooper. Cooper. He'll be another one. Let's, um, yeah, let's talk and, about these guys. Uh, so another guy that stepped up. Oh God! What's I'm gonna have to look it up. I apologize. All, go ahead and keep. Hey, thanks for joining us, uh, Eric Rowling. Appreciate it. Nope. Well, Calvin Hockett, Lockett. Calvin Lockett, Lockett will be another one that yep. he'll have a good year. No, there's a freshman that's kind of came on that uh, Kirk Ferentz said something about recently. Um, hmm. Oliver Martin. No. <laughs> well, Martin. he's Oliver Martin's gonna be. A, he's gonna be the icing on the cake for this for this receiving core. Sure. While you look that up, I'll say. Um, so obviously, we talked a little bit about. Brandon Smith and Miramar said they're not new. Yep. They're, they're guys that are going to be the, the veterans of this group, showing them the ropes. And then you got uh, in the slot is where they're putting the freshmen. Mm-hmm. And um, so on three wide sets and things like that, we're going to see Tyrone Tracy and Nico Regani. I, I, I would imagine they would get a, uh, an equal shot unless some, one of them catches fire. I, I see a lot of Nick Easley and Nico Regani, but bigger size, bigger frame, and bigger hands, too. So I, I see a lot of that, and honestly, I, I think I even see a little bit better of a Nick Easley. Sorry, Nick Easley, if you're listening. <laughs> Higher ceiling. Nico Regani is, sorry, six you're foot, okay. six foot 185, so it says. Probably about the exact size. Uh, of yeah. Easley, yeah, maybe, maybe. Out of Connecticut? Maybe but an no, inch, I, I'm inch kind bigger. of with you, though. I think he has that higher upside as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, not nothing against Nick Easley by any means, but anyways, I found that name that we were discussing. Yeah. So, three-star wide receiver out of Raytown, Missouri, offered by absolutely nobody in typical Kirk Ferentz diamond in the rough fashion. <laughs> Desmond Hudson has apparently been tearing it up. Yes. So he stands yeah. at six four one ninety five. Now that's coming in, or that was his high school weight. So hopefully he's put on some pounds over the summer and whatnot, but. Apparently he's going to get some touches now at six four. He's going to be a hard one to keep off the field, especially in mm-hmm. you know third down late game situations. Now sticking a true freshman in a slot like that, you know, m- might be a tough spot for him. But you know, because the only other guy that touches six four, that's Brandon Smith, right? Yeah. And he yeah. might even be six three. I'm checking right now. I know mm-hmm. Calvin Lockett is behind Brandon Smith, and he's six two. Yeah, Brandon Smith is six three two o five. So. 
So that's what you got those two tall guys that can come in there and you know apparently he's been tearing it up this camp so another name to watch cool hey first off too before uh, while we take a small break here i uh, just want to say tyler carson good to see you buddy uh he's he says he's a long time listener first time commenter wanted to say keep up the good work and go hawks shock the nation so right. tito <laughs> we appreciate you man thanks for the listen thanks for the comment that's what it looks like seth as well here uh seth who we discussed earlier in the show i'm not sure if he's still listening or not but wanted to give you a quick shout out to buddy uh, go hot guys. Nice. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So yeah, let's uh, let's jump to the defense real quick. First off, on the defense, obviously we got we got a lot of names coming back here too. Mm-hmm. What, why don't we just jump into uh, you know the, our favorite person or or maybe the biggest impact player on the defense here? First off, everyone knows AJ Epines is going to yep. be on the top of the list. Other than AJ <laughs> Epines, who do you guys say is going to be maybe the the most outstanding defensive player? I got this one, Chauncey so. Golston. AJ Epinesa is going to take <laughs> about a thousand double teams this year, Love it. leaving Chauncey Goldston open to just tear it up this year. He is absolutely my player to watch on this defense, primarily when he's on that other defensive end. You know, and he's going to get some time in that D tackle spot too. And he already showed last year that he was a hell of a pass rusher, and he was under or a little bit overshadowed by AJ Epinesa and you know his freakish season that he had last year. So, absolutely, my pick to click. I, I think he ends up being Hawkeye's defensive MVP this year. Wow. Big pick here. Bold Rob? statement. So my person that I would pick to be the defensive MVP is going to be Kayvon Merriweather. Really? Sophomore Whoa. in free safety. I uh, heard a lot of great things about him in camp. He's got the frame that he's got the speed in order to play free safety. I think that um, he's somebody who's going to be able to make a lot of tackles in the backfield and, you know, in the uh, – not in the backfield, but I mean, towards the back half of this defense. Um, and I think it's going to be because we have such a great D line. So he's going to be able to go on like stunts and things like that, which I look forward to seeing, um, which the, I mean, our, our D line is unbelievable mm-hmm. and little, I mean, little known fact, AJ Epinesa is going to be starting his first game <laughs> in, August, in August nuts versus Miami. So, uh, so one good point I did hear about that, Rob, and I don't mean to interrupt, but sure. I kind of do, my bad. Um, so A.J. Epinesa, we heard a lot about that. So now with him being on the field yep. every play, how do you guys feel that's going to fatigue him long term? And then does that affect his stats on the season and likely his you know, draft, draft stock leaving early? Excellent question. I think we'll find out at halftime against Miami. <laughs> Um, but but honestly, he said himself that he's been training all summer uh, to be in condition to be able to play like that. Um, and they, he's going to be somebody that everybody already knows about. So they're going to be looking for him. Um, so we'll see how he reacts. I think this is a, this is going to be a big kind of prove it season for him. And that's one thing that I don't like about having all these uh, preseason ranks and stuff. But I mean it's no secret that he, the, what he did last year and, and the type of um, work ethic that he's capable of. And he's somebody that's going to be the leader of this defense for sure. And how many first teams, you know, preseason all Americans, things of that nature has he been on? I mean, he's already been on three, four, five. Right. First never teams. started a game. Never started a game. Yep. Led the big 10 in sacks last year too. So my defensive MVP is going to be a guy we talked about a lot last year. Jamon Colbert. I Ooh. think he is. Digimon. Digimon. He is going to be a stud. First off, he's got a year of experience under his belt. Number two, he's coming in as an outside linebacker who can make some noise. He can mm-hmm. cover running backs. He's quick. He even got stronger. He cut down a little bit of weight this year. 
I think he's going to be an absolute unit this year for this defense. So now, Bo, I would almost argue, and this might be putting it a little harshly, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyways, sure. that our linebackers might have been our kryptonite last year. You think so? So how, how are they going to turn that around? Say, say you believe that, because I thought our defensive line was pretty solid last year. I thought our secondary was pretty solid last but year. But our linebacker core? I think the biggest thing with linebacker core is they didn't have a whole lot of experience. This mm-hmm. year we come back with three big-time linebackers. We got – Nick Neiman is actually going to try and get some playing time. I don't know. Is he a starter? Did you check the – So he's – Last I saw, he's not even listed as a starter. He's ba- he's under – he's behind Christian Welch in yeah. the middle linebacker spot. Yeah, but so didn't he – wasn't he dealing with an injury a little bit last year? He was. Year? After the first three games, he was. So okay. that's a good point. Christian Welch is going to be back. Jamon Colbert's another one. Barrington Wade got some playing time last year, and I believe he's actually in a starting role right now. Mm-hmm. Right. outside linebacker too. Ahead of so, Amani Jones. Yes. And Amani Jones is going to play that. DN. DN. Yeah. And yeah. Is that what he's been practicing with the DNs all spring? Now, is he taking. So, this is my question. All spring and fall. Because, um, so on third downs is when AJ Epinesa came in and just wreaked havoc. Is sure. that going to be what they're going to try to put Amani in? God, I hope so. I wonder. I want that for him. Yes. That or do you put him on both ends? Well, right? that's what they had another end they've been talking about in camp, too, that's supposed to have been blowing it up. Walk on Joe Evans. Yeah. Huh. So, they they're talking about him being another just simply pass rush specialist. He's an so Iowa guy. They are yeah, dude. They are gonna have so many people rotating in and out. That D line's gonna be fresh all the time. They're gonna absolutely wreak havoc. So what I worry about is the linebacking core being able to fill gaps and mm-hmm. you know essentially support them in that because last year our leading tackler was Jake Travas. Yeah. And that's kind of and, that, and that's kind of where I come and say, hey. You know, I think our linebackers might have been somewhat of our kryptonite. Yeah. So. And and one other thing to, to put onto that too, I think the defensive line is going to be studded. I mean, a lot a lot of great players, but one of my favorites is going to be Davion Nixon. I think Davion Nixon is going to be a brutal force up up middle. Yeah, I, I think he I think he's another Jaleel Johnson. Yeah, agreed. Um, slightly less recruited, but yep. uh, one that you know barely barely eligible. You know, had to go JUCO route for a year, yep. but. He's back. He's ready to rock, and sounds like he's excited. Davion Nixon um, is the uh, behind Brady Re- Brady, Brady Reef in the right man. tackle. Yeah, yep. so so he'll be he'll be a name to look out for for sure. He's a sophomore transfer. Um, another question we did have from, and this all ties together, but from one of our buddies Mueller out of Mount Vernon, Iowa, home of. Uh, Matt Crowles and, and the yeah, Mustangs. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so. And the Mustang. Um, so he was curious, guys, starting free safety, Merriweather or Jack Corner? You know, and Rob, I think you touched on this. If you want to go ahead and talk about uh, Merriweather, sounds yep. like he was one of your guys. Yep, Merriweather's my guy. Um, he's a young kid. Um, I know that he's fast and he's big, and he's somebody that they're they're actually excited about, and I think that they've intentionally not talked about him. I heard him mentioned early uh, in, in the offseason about somebody that, um, I don't remember who said it, but there was, a, there was an interview that they were saying, oh, you know, one guy, Kayvon Merriweather, is going to be somebody to look out for in this, this coming year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'm excited to see him get, obviously he's listed, he's been running with the first team, and so... I'd I'd like to see what he can do on the, on the defensive end. So so I mean, I mean on the defensive side of the ball. I said and I know obviously <laughs> he's playing free safety, but yeah. yeah so he's going to be somebody who I'm excited about. Um, and that's why now corner you said. Yeah, so Jack Corner, so he's true freshman out of Dowling, West Des Moines, yeah. Iowa. He's not even listed on the depth yep, chart not, as not of even that, listed but. yet, but. Another, I don't know too much about guys. him he, to be yeah, honest. And that's okay. He's been just tearing it up in camp and. Uh, I don't think really anybody 
outside of the Des Moines area knew about this guy until, you know, a day ago when Phil Parker came out and said, yeah, Jack Horner's one who's really pushing, you know, Kayvon for that starting spot. Good for him. And it's like, holy shit. Like, you know, where, where does that come from? You got to walk on. And now, like I said, you talk to anybody that's not from the Des Moines area, they don't know who this guy is. Everybody in the Des Moines area knew this guy has been, you know, well above his pay grade for the last four years with mm-hmm. Dowling. And so he's probably got four state titles under his belt. <laughs> you know. Just but, an athlete. Just right, an athlete. Just an overall athlete. But? Uh, just that typical, I don't want to say white safety <laughs> that Iowa seems to have, but yeah. um, it's, it seems like that's, you know, how it ends up sometimes. And, um, I mean, just a hell of a football player. I'm excited for him. Nonetheless, I think Kayvon gets the nod, and I think I think Kayvon, you know, he's he's got more years in the system. I think he ends up, you know, being that long-term guy that's going to be a little bit of a better fit. Now, if you're telling me that both of these guys can get some playing time this year, I think that's just going to be – that's going to be the best thing for the team long-term. And, yeah. You know, because what's Kayvon? Kayvon, he's, so he's only a sophomore. He's okay. a sophomore, but he's he's big, and but, that's why I like him back there. He's six two, and so if you're talking about somebody who's going to be a ball like a ball hawk, similar mm-hmm. to like maybe a Josh Jackson, that's what I'm like. I wouldn't say I wouldn't put that on that I'm expecting that out of him, but I'd like to see uh, him make strides in that direction. Well, and being in that Doyle strength and conditioning program, could he maybe be you know a fit for that cash spot here in a year or two when? DJ Johnson graduates looks, and have yeah. corner come in and play safety. You know, we we've seen those walk-ons come in and play safety and do a damn good job. You think Brett Greenwood? You think um, Jake Gervas? You mm-hmm. think who was right before Jake Gervas? I know I'm thinking Brandon Snyder yeah. was before that, but then there was somebody in between. Brandon Snyder. Oh, I said Brandon Snyder. Yeah, Brandon, uh, Brandon Snyder was the one. Nah, there's one more in between Brett yeah. Greenwood and Brandon Snyder though. I'm um, not sure. So you, I mean, you've yeah, had anyway. some walk-on safeties come in and have success in Phil Park. Phil Parker's defense, and you know, I, I think that's going to continue. So, cool. Cool. Um, do we have any more questions that we can get into? Um, well, we did want to give a quick shout out. So, um, not not sure if he's still listening or not, but we had uh, Tyler Ellsbury, Iowa commit recruit. He's going to be joining the class in the storm of twenty twenty. Yep. Uh, offensive lineman out of Byron, Illinois. Byron, Illinois. Yep. Byron. I was going to say shout out Byron. I was going to say Orion. So Ooh. Byron, Illinois, is that their rivals? Oh. Uh, no, I don't even know who the rival is. Oh, I think okay. Geneva, maybe. You guys want another? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Got one. Let's do another beer if you got one. Yeah, I got him. Um, Keep going, guys. But yeah, just I want, got him. Just wanted to give a shout out to you, Tyler. You know, pump, pumped your Hawkeye. Yeah. Even if your brother Nick wasn't that pumped for you. Hey, Nick, Nick's a great guy. Shout out to the <laughs> Ellsbury clan, baby. Here we go. <laughs> so awesome. But kind of moving into this next spot here, while Rob grabs us another beer, a little thirsty. Um, Mel Kuyper's big board, he had A.J. Epinesa listed as number five overall and Tristan Wirfs listed as number seven overall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, if that's how it ends up shaking out, Bo, the impact on recruiting will be outrageous that we get two first-rounders in two straight years. Mm-hmm. You think, you know, who else has done that? You think Alabama, you think Ohio State, you think Florida State. Clemson, maybe. Clemson. Appreciate you know, that. you think some elite programs. Mm-hmm. So, I think... You know, if Iowa goes and does that, I think the recruiting uptick would be massive. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think first off... Oh, did we already crack them? Oh, sorry, guys. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I think, I honestly think, you know, Iowa is known as, as tied in you right now. But honestly, <clears throat> between Iowa and Wisconsin, I would beg to say that we're almost O-line you too. So just say we get A.J. Epinesa, 
and Tristan Wirfs and even Alaric Jackson could be a potential first rounder as well. Right. I think that could pull a lot of a lot of strings away from the Wisconsin pipeline coming down to the state of Iowa to become O line U Absolutely. on top of being tight end. Well, well if it, I mean, <clears throat> if you're in that position in the, in the high school and you're somebody who's coming up like as a highly touted uh, offensive lineman, you, there's no way you're not looking at Iowa, especially with Kirk Ferentz being a, a former offensive line coach. Absolutely. Um, I mean, that's I feel like if it was me. Yeah, you're always going to have the Michigans and the Ohio States <clears throat> who are going to give you a shot. But I mean, like, Jack Doyle. I, uh, Jack, right? That's his son. Coach Chris Doyle. Dylan. Dylan Doyle's the kid. Who's Jack Doyle? Jack Doyle? Is that, is that Jack Doyle's an NFL oh, tight end. Oh, tight end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for the, for the Colts, Yeah, right? you guys play fantasy football, yeah. don't yeah. you? Yeah, my apologies. Um, but, yeah, obviously Coach Doyle is the number one um, – paid strength and conditioning coach and for a good reason mm -hmm. and uh and he's somebody who is just time and time again proven himself in, in this area so i feel like there's no way that you can't count us with like the the best schools not only in the big 10 but in the nation so yep. i feel like it's uh we, they call us tight end you but a lot of these receivers end up being tight ends yeah oh yeah no I, I'm I'm with it. So so, yeah. I think tight end. You. I kind of came in the middle of that, but you're yeah. okay. O line you, national championship. Nice. <laughs> and that's and that's a good thing. And that's what you want, right? I mean, if you're talking about like if if you're looking at um, any sort of program and building a program and building a dynasty and the things that Kirk Ferentz has done for Iowa, I mean, it all starts with the winning the winning the war in the trenches. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you can't win games if you don't have a good O line to be able to you know, give your quarterback time or create space for a running back. Like, mm -hmm. it's just basic. It's basic football, guys. <laughs> that's right. It's Gosh darn it, it's basic baby. football. Well, well, and that's what we, we still even got one more. Mm -hmm. And so this one comes from uh, Mike out of Swisher, Iowa. And Mike also happens to be my father. So I care. He doesn't have Facebook, so he can't see me. Big ups. But he'll, he'll listen to the podcast probably tomorrow morning on his way to work, so. All right. Um, but he wants to know, guys, who do you think is the best overall unit in regards to the offense, defense, and special teams this year? For me, I think it's absolutely no question. Our defense is, is going to be far and away better than offense and special teams. I think that D-line is going to be top-notch. The linebackers all come back with experience. You have a Phil Parker coach secondary, so they're going to have success. They're going to have some unknown pop-up this year that goes, goes off and all of a sudden gets drafted like Josh Jackson. So... I think defense by far. I think everybody who comes into Kinnick especially is going to have trouble scoring on us. But the number one thing that you need going into tough environments, which Iowa has tough home games this year at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, at Northwestern, etc., at Michigan. So the number one thing you need is a tough D, and we got it. So Hawk fans, get excited. RD is going to be off the charts. I think I'd like to jump in here and just say I, I do like your comment about the defense there, Dill. But I'm a big special teams guy. Being a punter myself, I think that uh, special teams is going to be huge. First off, we have two guys competing for kickers this year, right? So extra yep. point last year, we had uh, Miguel Racinos. Yeah, right? Racinos. Yeah. Racinos had one hell of a year. And it sounds like these two kickers who are competing right now are top, top of the line. They don't miss. I mean, they're phenomenal, yeah. right? And we've had some guys kicking in some big game situations so far. Plus, as we talked about earlier, Michael Sleep Dalton. Yep. If that guy continues to be a punting Havoc. Just say, you know, Nate Stanley did a pretty good job of punting last year. Rastatter, <laughs> okay. 
But, you know, when we talk about special teams and we start talking about punting, you know, we, we want to trust the guy to say we're at the 30-yard line to get them, you know, beyond their own 20, to start beyond their own 20. So if we can have somebody who can kick the ball, punt the ball all the way down and pin them down deep in there or even in a big-time situation within the 10 or even the 5-yard line, I think special teams is where it's going to be at this year. Wow. That's a hot take. That's a hot take. Love special teams, man. I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys what. I'm going to disagree with both of you guys. Um, because honestly, if you look at, um, obviously there's going to be talent on, if you look at our depth chart from any position. So the thing that stands out the most, which would be the, I would say what most people say would be our defense. I think we did definitely upgrade our special teams and I'm looking forward to see what that looks like, you know, going into this year. But I feel like the, the unit that's going to have the highest ceiling, um, and potential is our offense. And so I think with a senior quarterback, Nate, Nate Stanley has been around who knows the ins and outs of this offense, like the back of his hand is going to be somebody that's going to hopefully, in my opinion, be able to step into the role that we all know that he could be. Um, and I feel like with an upgraded, another year, um, with the, with the running backs that we have, which we know that are talented. Um, and then like a receiving core that is, I feel like is just waiting to break out. Mm -hmm. I feel like these guys, um, have put in the time and, and we got some exciting young talent and I'm excited to see where the offense takes us. Cool. Um, so I would I like it. It would, for me, I, I would bet I would go high risk, high reward and bet on the offense being cool. taking the step this year. So kind of building on that, let's just go straight into predictions, season predictions. Perfect. Right? <laughs> so should we go through each game individually or should we just do overall? What do you guys think? I think overall. overall and, then, and then maybe next week or. Yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do an yeah. overall and then maybe if you want to pick out like Your a losses. highlight win. Or highlight, yeah, love it. Love it. And yeah. then a highlight, highlight maybe a loss. Yep. You cool. guys good with that? Love it. And then we can get, because and then next week. Guys, and by the way, uh, everyone who's listening, listeners, we're going to be going weekly now. So this is the kickoff of, and I think we said, uh, <laughs> this is a, obviously months ago, but when we did our off-season special, when we interviewed Parker Hesse and Sam Brinks, um, love those guys, uh, friends of the podcast, you know, that was an excellent interview, but I think we announced that that was the beginning of the second season. And I really feel like that should be categorized as a part of the first season. Yeah, and a great ending episode. Of the first season. Right. And, and and there's really not a lot to talk about. I mean, if you're talking about like June, July, like, uh, you know, May time mm -hmm. for the football team. But uh, we'll see what next offseason schedule looks like. But we're anyways, long story short, we're excited <laughs> to be back weekly uh, so we can break down the games, preview them and uh, and give you everything that you are looking for as a fan. Perfect. Well, I guess if, if you don't mind, I guess I'll, I'll start off. Yeah, with mine. Well, kick us off, Bo. So as I said earlier, Rob and Dill, I think I was going to go nine and three. Um, I, and one big game that I know nobody wants me to say, we're going to go to Ames. It's going to be college game day. It's going to be pandemonium. We're you gonna think see. it's going to be college game day? I 100%. hope it is. Dude, got, I hope it dude, is. They Listen got, to this. They got Clemson and Syracuse. The last team Clemson lost to was Syracuse. Oh, there's not a chance. A fucking not a chance river. in hell. Cry me a rip. Iowa State fans, I apologize. You will not get a college game day. I'm sorry. Dude, it's I'm not going to happen. It's teed up to be. No, Two. college game day is going to be in New York. You I was wrong. Iowa State, this is the best team Iowa State has had in the history of the – I, the history of the college. I, I don't disagree with that, which, uh, okay, actually, I do disagree with that, but totally totally irrelevant okay. to our argument right now. <laughs> Erroneous. Game day will not be. Man, that's bold, man. Nope. You got two top 25, 
two top 25 teams in the state of Iowa playing in a rivalry game in Ames. And then that's you, huge. you have two more top 25 teams that are playing in Syracuse and Clemson. Sir, Syracuse lost their quarterback, bro. They shouldn't even be ranked right now. But they are. I, Unbelievable. They oh, will not be ranked by that time. Syracuse, Ooh, that's a hot they take. They will not be ranked by that time. Oh, that's a very hot take. That's I'll throw cool. money on it. They will not be ranked by oh, that time. Instead actually, of- actually, so <laughs> listeners, uh, I know we're dragging on here a bit. Sorry, but. It's okay. So one, one of the things we're going to do here, yeah, this is our season kickoff, and we're loving it. A new thing we're going to add this year is we're going to make bets each week. Mm. And so mm. that's, uh, that's so, our bet. So, so this week, yeah, th- this will be our bet, but this week doesn't really count because we, well, I guess we got week zero games. We can bet on that. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to bet on that. Okay. Now okay. I think, let me look them up real quick. Okay. So while we're looking up, do? I'll finish. I'll finish. Yeah, yeah. Give game, us your, game. you're taking this guy. So first off, I think we're unfortunately going to lose a very, very, very close game in Ames. Um, I think that's going to be, unfortunately, that's the first fair. loss. and It's going to kind of set the tone for the rest of the year. But as we know, Kirk Ferentz, we have an early loss. We come back and we play together as a team. I still think we end 9-3, but with a huge win, a huge win in Lincoln, Nebraska against Nebraska. Oh. That's who I say gotcha. we end up having our, kind of our big one. I think we go – we play Penn State at home. I think mm-hmm. we beat Penn State. We go to Wisconsin. We we beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin. I love it. Which is a very I'm be tough at that take. One too. Very Let's tough go. take. But we beat Nebraska at Nebraska. Very close game. So who? Okay, I'm super interested now, Bo. So then yep. tell me, who do you think we drop one? You guys, to? we you got guys, Iowa State as one yep, loss. Yep, Michigan's going to be another one at Michigan. And I think on this October is going to be 5th. the worst. You guys are going to kill me for this one, guys. Minnesota. Oh. I think. We've been on a hot streak with Minnesota. Minnesota. No! P.J. Fleck has that team going. I think we lose a crazy one uh, against Minnesota. At, okay. Interesting. At home against tempo. Minnesota, we drop it on November 16th. And when we get to that point, Bo, we can make a bet because I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I hope I lose that bet. But <laughs> no, I for think sure. P.J. No, Fleck's sure. going to be ready to rock and roll. I think Minnesota's going to be a tough team to beat. Sure. No, I absolutely. I, P.J. I would, Fleck. I would, uh, that douchebag thinks he's a league. God, I don't want to hear it. I would agree with you guys. I mean, it's it'll be in November. Yeah. Um. So it'll be, but it'll be cold. We'll cool. see what it looks like. Okay. Rob, let's hear it. Um. So I'll give you my take on the schedule. I also think we're going to be nine and three, uh, but I have a lot different outlook on on what we're going to look like. And obviously, this is a grueling schedule. And I said this before, and I'm saying it again. I'm looking through uh, rose-colored glasses because I'm betting on the upside on this team and what they put on the on paper as far as uh, their de- their depth chart goes. But I say we start off 4-0 and our first loss is at Michigan. Mm-hmm. So that's a uh, so that's a win, counting a win against Iowa State. And when we get there I'll give you my prediction on what the score is going to be. Um, but I, th- I I think that we lose to Michigan and I and in my highlight win, I would say it would be a win at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, Team we haven't beaten in a while. A win okay. at home against Penn State, and we get revenge on Purdue at mm-hmm. home. Yep. Um, because Purdue's had it coming for a couple of years. Fuck those guys. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I one loss that I will highlight, I do think we dropped one in the last game of the season. To Nebraska. To Nebraska. Yeah. A close one. Ooh. That could be Big Ten title implications, really? too. You know. Yeah. Honestly, it could be a Big Ten West title. So that's I mean, Honestly, I, I think if that is implication, so say – you know, say Iowa has a disappointing year. They're seven and seven and four going into that game, and you know Nebraska's ten and two needs to win that game to mm-hmm. win the West. I think Nebraska takes that game, but that's the only way I can see them taking that game yeah. myself. Yeah. Ten and two would be ten and one right yeah. at that point, but whatever. Okay. Let's hear it, um, Bill. What do you got? 
Which leads to mine. So, as far as all, our overall prediction, obviously with the Hawkeyes, you can guess, you know, pretty consistent ball squad. We can guess anywhere from 7-5 and five to 12-0. and all. Yep. And, and it's all within our grasp. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's... I can see either one from this team. I really can. You know, you look at this early season slot. You know, you got Miami of Ohio, Rutgers. Those are two very winnable games. Iowa State, I think, is going to be that domino of the season. You know, I think you go into Iowa State, you convincingly win against a ranked team that, you know, has a shot at the Big 12 this year. You know, I think the dominoes fall in Iowa's way, and I think, you know, 11-1, and 12-0, and 10-2 is a real, real possibility. I think you lose that game. I think the dominoes can fall the other way quickly as well. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to predict that the Hawkeyes are going to be 12 and fucking 0, baby. Oh, I think I, <laughs> I think we're going into the Big Ten title game. I really do. And I think we win. I think we beat a ranked top four Michigan team. To advance two times to a year. the college football playoffs, and I, I don't make these bets frequently. You remember last year? What did I guess? Seven and five? Yeah. I think eight and four, maybe. Something okay, like that. so uh, I will. So, I'll tell uh, you. Sorry, go ahead. No, finish. no. I think, I think we're going, guys. I wow. think we have a lot to be excited for. Now, and it's one of those years where, like I said, it can go either way. It reminds me a lot of 2015, but it reminds me even more of our 2002 Iowa Hawkeye football team. Freddy Russell, they baby. Had a stud, stud defense. You know, granted, it was led by Brad Banks, super quarterback. Can't really compare him and Nate Stanley. Nate Stanley is more of that pro style where Brad was that, you know, mobile quarterback, a stable linebacking core, good receivers that kind of came out of nowhere True. after a disappointing 2001 season. This is going to be a 2002 Iowa year where we go. I said 12 and 0, right? You said 12 I was like 11 1 or 12 and 0. So I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with 12 and 0. Okay. And wow. So I will tell you this. The world. Let's go. You We're guys going heard to the it. Playoffs. Everybody, Buy your tickets. Everybody who's listening right now on the podcast, everyone who's watching us live on on Facebook currently, I will say this right now. Um, if we go 12 and 0, I will let you guys shave my head and shave my beard, and I'll go full penis head. Love it. Dude, Love swear it. to God. All in. If we go 12 and 0, if it's a Thanksgiving. You heard it here first? Because <laughs> we play in Nebraska on Black Friday. I'll be I, I'll do that. I'll let you guys do that. So you guys okay. hear it here first. We'll see what happens. I'll let you guys shave my head. And then before we do finish up here today, I found our game. So our week zero game, it's gonna be the Florida Gators versus the Miami Hurricanes. Oh, perfect. So, do we want to bet on like the spread and all that or do we want to bet on winners or what do you think? We'll or say first, what should be what should the losers have to do? Okay, I think I think the losers losers, excuse me, should have to shotgun a beer. Okay. And then they should have to shotgun a tall boy. Let's let's make it clear, shotgun a tall boy. So they'll Ooh. have to shotgun a tall boy, a little 16, 16 ounce or son of a bit. Poppy. And then they'll have Let's say maybe I was going to have maybe somebody shake one up and spray it at them while they do it. Okay. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think? Is that good? Mm-hmm. For sure, shotgun. I, I like it. I like it, but shotgun. I'm going to go ahead and say shotgun in an unusual place. We live in Iowa. Let's do a, okay. let's do a Casey's or a come and go. Parking you, lot? Or I, was, I was thinking in the store. But okay. we, we, we can pop it in the parking lot, but then you got to go in the store, shotgun it, and then we can hightail it out of there. Wow. Sure. Crazy. 
You guys okay. ready? And we'll we'll have the entire thing on Facebook. Right. Yeah, we we should. Yeah, we should do a Facebook live. Honestly, what I would say though, um, and users feel free to uh, submit your own idea of where we should have the yeah. loser shotgun a beer and what would be the maybe an inappropriate place to somewhere do it, that around would be the, best. the iowa city cedar rapids area preferably please so we don't yeah. have to drive all over we can you know. keep it that'd be great right there uh, so all right yeah so okay so, so so we'll figure out where but it's gonna be somewhere inappropriate so what's the and so right line? now the spread is florida is gonna beat miami 7.5 so florida's favored minus 7.5 I'm going to take Florida on that. I'm going to so take. So you think Florida's going to cover? I think they're going to cover for sure. Okay. I think they're going to beat Miami by more than one and a half touchdowns. Okay. Right? No, seven and a half points. Seven and yeah. a half points. Yeah. I think they're going to win by at least eight. Okay. And then for the record, the over under that's at forty seven right now. So what is? Um, oh, total so points. That, so that, that could that could be another bet. Is all I'm saying there. Um. Oh, all righty. This is so tough. Well, so someone's got a shotgun a beer next week. Hell, I think Miami. Miami gets it done. They're going to cover the spread. They might not win the game, but they ain't going to lose by eight. Sure enough, bud. So you, you're taking Miami? Yep. Okay. My, Miami's going to cover the spread. I'm not taking Miami to win. I'm I'm in Dylan's boat. I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to go with Miami um, if they cover the spread. But let's go. We'll see. Okay. Sure enough, okay, baby. so lock it in. So we'll put that down. I'll write that down so that way we can keep track. Cool. And then, um, so by next week, we should know the winner of this bet, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, okay. absolutely. Perfect. So as we kind of end our, our segment, first off, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you guys for tuning in the live video, too. We really appreciate it. Yep, thank you so much. Also, yeah. want to shout out the leaderboard, the home of the Hawkeyes and Tallboys. Free advertising <laughs> for the leaderboard. If you guys are in North Liberty and looking to golf, Still beautiful outside, but if you guys are looking for an internal golf segment on a rainy day, go to the leaderboard in uh, North Liberty. And Great they place. haven't even officially sponsored us. Bo's just doing that out of the goodness of his heart. I mean, we did do an episode with Parker well, actually, and Sam Brinks there. That's yeah. a good point. We're, we're gonna, we loved it. Yeah, we're going to tag them. Great beers. Great beers, Great beers. Great beers there. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to tag them for sure. Absolutely. So. Another one, uh, and, and maybe this is something we're going to have to read off a script, but uh, Anchor App, we have to thank you guys again for, for sponsoring us again. Uh, again for this year. Other than that, Hawkeye football, we're really excited. Gary oh, Dolphin. Oh, my God, we're fired up. Let's Gary go. Dolphin, if Dolph, you are out there. Dolph is back. Dolph is back. Dolph the is people back. cannot contain yes. him. Yes. We, like, we why love is you, Dolph. He, <laughs> Dolph is. You know what's Dolph, funny? I'm not going to say Dolph is King Kong up in this. Oh. Box, but he's fucking killing it. Let's go. He's I'll tell back. you guys something that's funny. I was, uh, where was I? I was in Chicago. Um, recently, and uh, I was talking about Iowa football to somebody else who like was from Illinois, like a friend of mine was getting married, and uh, the the conversation somehow got switched, and somebody was like, "Oh man, like yeah, they were gonna suspend this one announcer, blah blah blah," um, and I was like, "Oh man," because he he said something like. Uh, that was pretty racist or something like that. And I was like, oh, man, you want to hear something hilarious? So uh, the in Iowa, <laughs> they were trying to suspend our longtime, uh, you know, voice of the Hawkeyes, Gary Dolphin, um, because he didn't know the mic was on. And he said that he just basically stated facts for the basketball team. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then what, what was the, the, even the other thing? So the other thing was he was describing, I can't remember his name. Bruno. Uh, Bruno. Bruno Fernando, yep. right? Bruno Fernando. Yeah. But he described from, him from as Maryland. King Kong in the paint. Now, oh, that's right. Now, whatever your opinion is on that, it's totally fine by me. But my thing is Dolph has been using this for players, white, black, Latino, Bosnian, Latavian. 
In, yeah, insert race. your own race, races. whatever. Yeah. For years. Since, you know, since I've been listening to Hawkeye basketball on the radio, I've heard him describe big dogs as King Kong. I've heard him describe Greg Bruner as King Kong God knows how many times. So, nothing racial there. My opinion, hard take, whatever. Take it with what you want. No, I'm just saying, like, I, I explained that situation and why, like, Gary Dolphin was suspended or whatever. And, like, my buddy laughed. Yeah. He was like, are you joking? Right. He's like, seriously? And I was like, yeah, I know. I I am an Iowa Hawkeye fan. Like, I love Gary Dolphin. I love listening to him call the games. I like, you know, immersing myself in the, in the mm-hmm. you know, culture. And it's just like, yep, for some reason, I think the, the Gary Bard, the um, athletic director, athletic director I, mean, I think that he's got it out for the guy. Yeah, Dude, Rob, I just realized with all my rants today, you've started all but one of them. So I like that. Starting rants. Here. I like it. So maybe 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 we keep that for next episode then. That's right. Good. What's the name of the What's the name of the thing that takes us out? Uh, in heaven there is in no beer. there is no beer. Well, Gary, this hey, just to let you know, if you are watching, congratulations on the uh, 33 years at the bank in in Dubuque. U.S. Bank was it or Depaco? Or I, I don't. I thought it was U.S. Bank, but I, I, I think, think I'm wrong. I don't no, know. He was like the executive vice president or something like that. Whatever he so, was, congratulations. Gary, you're not retiring. listening anyways, but congrats. We appreciate um, you. We, we appreciate all you listeners. Again, this is our first time live. Take it easy on us. Yep. Uh, we will be back. This entire podcast will be posted on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're working on Spotify, so it'll be on there before you know it. And uh, Stitcher. We found out we're, we're on Stitcher. We Googled and ourselves, and so we Radio. found out we're on iHeartRadio, so that's pretty neat. Yep. Um, but, yeah, if you want elsewhere to look at us and you don't have an Apple iPhone, just Google us. You'll find it. So We're also uh, newly on all social media, so you can follow us at, at Hawkeyes and Tallboys at yep. Instagram. Um, at H- we have a Twitter. We're not good about at updating H- that, though. It's at HTallboys yep. uh, mm-hmm. for Twitter. And then, obviously, you, you'll find us on our Facebook page. So if you just Google us, you'll be able to find us everywhere. Um, be on the lookout for merchandise. Absolutely. Let's we're going to have boys. a merchandise. Right. So. Let's, let's get a cheers and then... Yeah, we can get a cheers going. Uh, hold on. In heaven there is no beer. Right. Oh, you know what? Have we got it? Restart it real quick. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah, restart it. Let's let's get this restarted. Here we go. All right, boys. Here we go. Great cheers. Great. Go Hawks, fellas. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Woo! No beer. Boys, successful first episode. Dude, look at all those fucking comments we got. Hour 50.